Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it's Jack. I just wanted to talk to you today about a way that you can help support the podcast if you're not already. We would really appreciate it if you guys went and reviewed us on Apple or Spotify. Those reviews really help people find the podcast and help it get recognized. And, uh, you know, if you've been enjoying the show, we really appreciate your support. Another thing that you can do to support the channel is to become a Patreon member. So we have Patreon memberships that start at just $5 a month. And when you sign up, you get access to all of our episodes ad-free. That's the big bonus for that. I mean, we also do some Patreon bonus episodes for our subscribers. Uh, But this is the, the biggest and best way that you can support the Team House channel and podcast. Uh, if you'd like to, and we really appreciate that. So go in and check us out at patreon.com slash the team house. Special operations. Covert ops. Espionage. The team house. With your hosts, Jack Murphy and David Park. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 263 of the Team House. I'm Jack, here with Dave, and we're really happy to have in the studio tonight Jason and Andy. And, I mean, these guys have both been guests, or co-hosts, or both, actually, on on the show before. And tonight, uh, we're just getting all together because the two of you have started another show on the channel, uh, Eyes On, um, talking about topical national security events. Um, So thank you both of you for... Making the trip out here. You're awesome. very welcome. Thank you for Jack. having us, man. I'm I'm still waiting for the uh, for the check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep waiting. Nice, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, but yeah. So, what is uh, Dimitri? What is the intention behind this episode besides the uh, the four of us just bullshitting? <laughs> I mean, it's generally that, but it's also to like give it a little uh, boost. A little bit everybody of everybody know about Eyes On. Show? Stuff. Okay. Yeah. So, guys, tell us tell us then about about Eyes On. Tell us what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Jason, so, Jason came out with the name, by the way, which is okay. inspired. Yeah. I, I did. Um, so basically, we just decided it was decided. Look, we want to branch out from Team House, but we want we had some hard rules. You know, first of all, it was apolitical. You know, we don't care who anybody supports, doesn't support, whatever. Um, as much as possible, we try to keep it uh, political. And we try to keep it relevant to things that are going on in the news. Like if a certain, if the news cycle is hot, we'll we'll talk about that. But if it's not, you know, we can bring in guests. We can, you know, just basically it's just 
two, you know, three guys just talking, uh, you know, about stuff that's going on. And we'll take listeners um, and watchers uh, questions and try to answer those as much as we can. And we just like to have fun. Yeah. So. Now, for uh, those of you who have not actually seen uh, the issues with Jason and Andy. There where, were many issues. Yeah. yeah uh, and shame <laughs> on you if you have not watched. Uh, you might be out of the shot there, Andy. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> no, you're yeah, good. That's okay. why Jack was edging yeah. me over. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, can you give us like a brief background, your brief background and your brief background so people know like who these like two Joes are that are on yeah, you know, talk absolutely. about? Yeah, my background is very brief. Um, Former uh, Marine Corps, uh, I worked in special operations, or special operations, hello, um, in uh, nuclear security for a while on a response team. Uh, while I was doing that, was going to college, married, kids, blah, 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 and was recruited for, uh, uh, by, to CIA by a, former, a cousin of mine. He's retired, long retired now. Um, did that for almost eight years and uh, left there. And now I still, I'm still in the federal government um, doing recruiting for uh, naval intelligence. And, um, That's yeah, gonna be hard and one. doing this, yeah, so. So did you recruit that kid that was selling, uh, he was giving out secrets on Discord? No, he was Apple. I'm not saying that anything wasn't at all. Money. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, not, not at all. I mean, my part of it is really just resumes. Um, yeah. And then basically, you know, we'll collect resumes, look through them. Hey, these people are... You know, and send um, them where they need to and go. send them to the commands, the yeah. different commands. You know, stuff, so. when you look at that story, by the way, that 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 kid fucked up so many people. <laughs> <laughs> My security clearance still going through the, and I'm like, I don't do this shit. But when you look You're at it and you Discord, look at the background sure. story, you know, the need to know every time something goes wrong. Not every time, yeah. but most of this mm -hmm. stuff now is need to know. You know, I get it. Back in the past, we had um, Ames and Pollock mm -hmm. and Walker. Um, who who did have need to know, mm -hmm. but it seems like now it's it's it, it's a it's not a problem in necessarily them giving people security clearances they shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. It is definitely a problem in people getting information they yes. having access. They don't need. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And Andy, what about you? Uh, oh yeah, your yeah. Uh, background. Uh, Guys, this is so strange. Yeah, uh, a, a marine, uh, infantry, special operations officer. Um, since retiring in 2019, it seems as though I've been spending a lot of time with you guys. Yeah, yeah. So, which is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, and if you're looking for like a hint to what our OnlyFans would look like, definitely check out one of Andy's episodes. Yeah. yeah. As you guys know, I like to sit in the middle so I can do some downhill skiing. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be trading cards coming out soon. <laughs> awesome. You wouldn't be the only Jack Murphy then that, uh, anyway. That puts things up the cool shoe. Yeah, exactly. Jack, um, we got to say, though, um, having you on, and I, this isn't me being a sicker fan, so they continue. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was yeah, that was really good. Is hearing all the you know all the dirt you've been digging up. Um, one of my favorite stories, of course, and we'll get into later. You know, still, you know the the. I think we met through the the dick pic story. I think oh that was, uh, yeah. no no I, I met, that's because uh, you wrote the book and I hit you up on LinkedIn. Oh, was that it? Mm -hmm. Okay. But yeah, there was a connection. Yeah, yeah. No, well, thank goodness you with did. With a dick pic, that's not no. how you hit him up. Yeah, you sent okay. him. Okay. 
<laughs> no. Um, but yeah, no, and, th- and you know, thanks for having me on uh, on your guys' show, like right away, and that actually drove a lot of uh, a lot of people, um, surprisingly, more than more than we thought to uh, the news outlet that what? Sean and I are writing. Oh, did it? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I thought yeah, you were so- about to say. Um, I was very glad to bring my fan base to your show for one day because <laughs> <laughs> we saw a blip, the Jack blip and down. Yeah. But did it really? That's yeah, good. yeah, no, yeah. it did. Excellent. It got, put a lot of attention on. I it. saw Sean Naylor was um, reposting. Yeah, that, so I'm glad. Yeah, it did. so uh, yeah, the high side is uh, is the outlet, and you can subscribe for five bucks a month. And uh, yeah, we got a lot of stuff on there right now. Special Forces classified programs from back in the old days to stuff that's happening today in Gaza. So, excellent. Yeah, yeah. What? What? Uh, can you talk a little bit about the Gaza? What are you hearing now? Well, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit dated because things have moved yeah. so quickly. But I, I wrote a, a piece about how after the October seventh attacks happened, there's a huge JSOC deployment. Oh, that's right. You, yeah. you talk about it. Yeah. 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 Um, um, you're gonna ostensibly do hostage rescue missions mm. if they were called upon. Or, I mean, they didn't know how bad the war would get either, so they were also prepped for, like, evacuations. Yeah. Like, Neo kind of operations um, as well. Yeah, that was a, uh, that was a poorly kept secret. Kind it? of, yeah. Well, when, then, when that number of <laughs> C-17s start landing in Cyprus, yeah. it kind of, yeah. yeah. And, and, and wasn't there a picture of... Uh, a, was it, didn't a picture oh, appear yes, in the paper? Oh, the White House yeah. published yes. a photo <laughs> yeah. of the guys. Oh, that, they were, oh, they no. were Delta guys helping with the um, security piece for Biden's visit. Um, and yeah, yeah. yeah. which was fairly yeah. innocent, but yeah. it made it, you yeah. know, it made it look like that. It went yeah. bad quick. Yeah, yeah, that was probably inadvisable, but <laughs> um, so yeah, no, that was that was cool. And, and recently, you had Alex Hollings on the show. I was watching yeah. that yeah. today. Great um, episode. I, I mean, I knew he was a rock star. I had no, I had no idea what a rock star he was. Oh yeah. Until we get it, we Jason and I got complaints. Hey, how come you guys are talking? Yeah. Stop yeah. interrupting the yeah. star. Hey, who are these yeah. <laughs> yeah, Alex is a ton of fun. He is. Yeah. Well, Dave and I were talking about it. Like he, you can hear it in his voice just how passionate he is about it. Yeah. And like I said, at the end of it, you're like, wow. When were you a pilot? Never. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. he's never a pilot. He just loves his stuff and he knows exactly what he's talking about and i'm an aviation geek myself and i feel like sh- ashamed <laughs> to have a conversation with him because he just knows it all well, the, yeah. the cool thing is that you know you, you get your aviation geeks in fact we call them pilots but um <laughs> but then you get guys who really understand how that capability gets Fits integrated into the, yeah, to yeah, the, the and, and that's yeah. what alex does yep you yeah know? absolutely yeah he's he's awesome and so the the idea behind the show is: what are you looking to do? One a week, two a week? Where are you at right um, now? Is there a day or a, time? Yeah, Wednesday. D. When do we release it normally? Consistently, Wednesday, like Wednesday and Saturday, okay. like yeah. midweek and yeah. weekend. Okay. And uh, so, if nothing has really happened, we're not going to just do make some yeah, no. yeah bullshit. But yeah. that makes sense. Um, fortunately or unfortunately, a lot of a lot of stuff's <laughs> been happening. Yeah, and. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, that's you know kind of why I went to Israel was to get material fresh. You know, I was yeah. <laughs> researching a book, by the way, which I'll you know um, definitely definitely um, see if I can plagiarize some of your stories, Jack, in the book <laughs> yeah. without acknowledging. Sure, them. yeah, that's um, what I'm here for. The New York Times does it, so I don't, yeah. don't, don't yeah. feel bad. <laughs> uh, but 
you know, it's the high, in serious seriousness, you know, the hardest thing is to is to anticipate when Dee suggested it, I was thinking, oh man, this is going to be really embarrassing. You know, there's going to be like that's you know, three I mean. people that's exactly watch right. us, and, <laughs> yeah. and it's going to be. Um, but then we started doing it. And I thought, well, this is really cool. Yeah. I don't really give a shit if you know, as yeah. long as Dee wants to do it. Yeah, you know, my uh, my my friends my friends watch it. At least they lie to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but you know, I mean, the point is. It, hopefully, it's reasonably intelligent, well-informed conversation. Mm -hmm. yeah. We're not just arguing back and forth. Exactly. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, we 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 do some. We know something about the topic. We do research, and the idea is that we're presenting a perspective or perspectives that aren't commonly um, seen in the media. Right. You know, and yeah. uh, so insights, I suppose you call yeah. it. Right. Absolutely. And and because you've got to always ask yourself, hey, what are we giving that you're not getting from other things? And right. Well, and, and I think one of the challenges, even when they do have experts on, like, big media productions, it's such a wrap. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Soundbite that, yeah, yeah. that a lot of times... Yeah. Even if those people really do have solid expertise in that field, which a lot of times they don't. A lot even, of times they but don't, even yeah. when they do, they really can't give any nuance or background to what they're talking about. Yeah. They just have to hit the talking points. Absolutely. And you know yeah. and the challenge is to do that without without sounding like you're just you know, without talking too pontificating. Right. Yeah. Right, so I right. think it works pretty well because D jumps in, asks questions, um, you, you know, you need a guy who doesn't understand acronyms or the military. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's or, good at or life he'll in general. Jump in and, and say, yeah. "You're, you're you saying know. he's good at not understanding things." Yeah, yes, he, he plays the, 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 the ignorant it's, well. It's, <laughs> it's also it's uh, you guys aren't doing also like the, the two and three hour marathons no. we sometimes do on yeah, the team. No. House. It's like twenty, thirty, we, yep. forty minutes. Yeah, we've got. I mean, we've got to compliment compliment us, and it's got to be different than the team house, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, Right. In order to augment it, yeah. Well, it's like you say, so, we it's just long enough where if you're on a run, you're right. PTing, you know, something like that, you can get it in, you know, and get your fix the top and be three done. Things, yeah, yeah, yep. 
Absolutely. So if you if you're Dave Park on the way to work and you you're interested in the things that Dave Park is, um, you know, a highly intelligent human being, but also mm -hmm. uh, you know background similar background interest yep. in national security, and you've got half an hour, all right, you don't listen to NPR or um, or even the Team House podcast, you're right? Like, oh, I'm going to see what's happening in the world. Yeah, no, and it's good because it it really. Um, you know, it, it brings a side to our show that, that we don't have. Jack and I both, neither of us really want to do anymore. Like we did when we first started the show. That's what the show was, is we'd get drunk and talk about like three news things. But we didn't do it. <laughs> but we didn't do any research. We didn't do yeah, any research. Yeah, but you were, you were brilliant at getting, at getting <laughs> yeah. drunk part. Yeah. And another thing. <laughs> yeah. And you know, another thing. Your words. Another yeah. thing about Taylor Swift. Yeah. Those, uh, are, those days are gone now. now. Yeah. Look at us. We've come a long way. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it, it's good to have that angle, the topical angle. Do you guys find it hard? Because you say it's apolitical. Um, where I assume, like, you're not necessarily taking a side based on the political, mm. you know, Ooh. platform, but so many of current news stories end up political. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. So I wait. When I say apolitical, stupid policy is stupid policy. Right. You know. I mean, what we think. I mean, so criticize, but I. But no one wants. I don't think anyone. We. One thing we don't want to be is an echo chamber. Sure. Absolutely. So. For anybody. Let's take, yeah. you know, what's going on in Israel right now. Right. I can argue, I think, I think, with equal um, vigor, intellectual acuity, both sides of the argument, mm -hmm. right? Um, but you can't get in those conversations right. in yeah. day to day because everyone is so, I, mean, yeah. I just came back from Israel, you know, itself. Right. Uh, and, and, and I know that, you know, you, you, if you want to, um, but... At the same time, you do, for the sort of person we hope is watching this, they want to kind of hear, a, okay, what are, what are all the, uh, you know, what are all the issues? Right. Why, why are, for instance, and I'm, we're not going to go into it here, but, you know, 30,000 civilians, you know, in, what, how does that happen? We've all been in urban clearing operations, right. blah, blah, blah. Right. How, did, how did it come to this? How did, you know, what happened there? I mean, you, you can talk about that in terms um, it's tricky, but but without getting into the highly right. emotional. Yeah. If it's relevant aspect. to the story, then we're going to bring the politics yeah. into it. If it's relevant, but you can pull politics or a politician into anything right. if you want. <laughs> right. You know, right. the trash out on the streets out here, whatever it is. Right. You know, right. we try to avoid that as right. much as possible. Yeah. And while at the same time giving listeners what they're asking for. So if they're asking for questions about certain things that might pull us in a certain direction, well. We're gonna have to address it. Sure, you know we have no choice. So, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, and some of the comments are <laughs> nice. Like I think the very first comment I read, which I'm bad at it. I listen to your, I read your comments, but then again, I don't. Um, the first one was, I think it was after our first uh, episode was, uh, oh boy. Two grunts talking about the news. Damn. Just what you want to listen yeah. to. Yeah. 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 No, I, I get it. I mean, the idea behind it isn't, you know, the classic, you know, veteran rant from the front yeah, seat of an F one fifty with yeah. the cell phone. Yeah. No, you're not going not going for that. No, absolutely not. No. Uh, but did, did we have questions for these guys? Have have we gotten any in for uh for uh, Andy or Jason? No, none yet. We have some for like eyes on, but it's like pertaining. Yeah, that's to, what I mean. Oh, it's like pertaining to like actual geopolitical shit. Do you want us to talk you, about you, a, a subject? You, you want, want to talk you about? Want them, you want them to hit it up? Give me one second. Okay. 
Don't rush me. Um, <laughs> all right, so, yeah, while we're waiting one second, I'll tell you guys, uh, please subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, if you guys subscribe to the Patreon for 5 bucks a month, you get access to all these episodes ad-free, and you support the channel. We really appreciate it. It's awesome. Um, the Patreon keeps us going, as YouTube is kind of shit in the bed right now. So thank you, everyone, who, who subscribes. And uh, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, which is completely free, costs you nothing, and it just helps us get some more viewers. Jack, while we're waiting for Dee to drag it up, do you want me to hit some highlights from my, my trip? Or? Nightlife? Yeah. No <laughs> nightlife, no. <laughs> no, I, I mean, sadly, um, Israel was... Uh, that, that is the most empty that I've ever seen. Really? Um, Ben-Gurion Airport, mm. uh, Tel Aviv, you know, it's very it's sobering in the hotel. Uh, where I was staying um, was uh, was full of evacuees from you know from the Other south. Other parts, yeah. Um, but it, you know, just just like we've seen here, I mean, everyone certainly pulled the nation very strongly together. Uh, but I think, as I was talking about a little bit before, a lot of um, a lot of bitterness. Mm. Um, uh, certainly among military guys, um, feeling that perhaps the IDF had taken its eye off the ball in the last two mm -hmm. decades. In fact, and, and, and just so you, you know, you guys don't think I'm, I went out there and just read articles. Um, I was, thank you to everyone who, who, uh, who helped out, but I, I met an extraordinary number of people, fairly, you know, to include two former national security advisor, former um, uh, cabinet member for, for Netanyahu, um, senior military officer. So it wasn't just, you know, talking to guys in bars, which you also get a lot of yeah. info from. Um, but, but bottom line is, I don't want to go on about it, I think that the real takeaway is that I, there's, I just can't see any other, any other future other than a, a, a regional war. And I, I did not say that before going. Mm. You know, I, I was kind of, uh, I'm not familiar with the situation. I've been there many there's times. No yeah. There's no exit strategy. Yeah. Well, just, you know, for the benefit of the, the, uh, your, your audience, because uh, I know we are talking about this before, the key yeah. issue is the fact that it's not Hamas, it is Hezbollah. And um, we, we can we can have a Hezbollah episode. It won't be this one, uh, but it's a good topic, right? Yeah. You know, and and so Hezbollah since two thousand and six is a different organization, mm -hmm. and they go, they have you know Israelis will tell you one hundred fifty thousand missiles. Um, of course, about a hundred thousand of those are rockets, but that doesn't matter. As we are talking about here, yeah. uh, when you have a country of ten million people, um, more high rise apartments per square mile than most countries in the Middle East. Uh, you know, the nuclear power plant, chemical plant, um, the handful of, you know, the, the, the maybe two dozen really accurate long-range missiles, Scud 2s or the FADA 110s, which can drop, you know, half a ton of explosives. Mm. Those things are accurate, and they can take out critical infrastructure. And then just the weight of, those are missiles alone, let alone drones. That's 18, Israelis will tell you this, and I did the math, it's true. Um, that's 18 rockets or missiles per square mm. mile, all right, and, and all with sizable warheads. Mm. And what they're doing right now is launching this thing, as I explained, called a Burkhan, which is like a, a barrel bomb mm. over the border at Israeli uh, checkpoints. 
Um, so going up there and seeing all the empty communities and tie and every single one soldiers uh, explaining and they they all get it they're like this is you know we, yeah we're going to war this there's no way this is part of our ethos these uh, that if our sovereignty is violated people are forced out of their homes we we have to correct that and, and no no prime minister of Israel regardless of background is going to be able to say hey that doesn't yeah that's okay and again, it's, this is what you're being told. This is not your. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no, and and it really, it's really interesting. I'll shut up in a moment. But in in the war between, first of all, it's not. This isn't a war between Israel, Hamas, Ismail, Hezbollah. It's between obviously Israel and Iran, and mm. um, and and the <laughs> Israelis have been the Israelis have been banging the drum a long time, saying this is an ex existential threat, an mm. existential threat. Now. Um, and I wouldn't, you know, I, I, it's certainly a very, it's a very concerning strategic mm -hmm. threat because it's not just about a Hezbollah's capability, it's about the puppet master. Right. And if you look at the rhetoric all the way through from Khomeini, from Nasrallah, right. hey, they are, there's no stepping down. Right. The, only, the only time Nasrallah steps down, uh, it's, this is what I was talking about, there's an interesting kind of a... Um, Rules of the game, the Israelis will say, and and Hezbollah understands this. All right, uh, the fighting, it, it, the fighting on the border. If it's in Shaba farms, the area, um, I don't. When when the Israelis pulled out of Lebanon, there's an area um, uh, called Shaba farms that the Hezbollah decided was still part of Lebanon or should be part of Lebanon. Syria claimed that it's, uh, it's part of, uh, of Golan Heights. Mm. But anyway, the point is this, that there was some kind of an agreement that what happens there stays there. Mm. As long as um, Israeli outposts on Shaba farms are the only ones being shot at and the Israelis are returning fire mm. at Hezbollah, mm. then that's cool. But if it goes that's away from right, Shaba farms, yeah. that means a red line. Mm. And it has. You know, they've yeah. been hitting all these settlements. So once that is crossed, it's invasion time mm. unless Nasrallah makes a commitment. Hey, we are not going to do that anymore. You mm. guys can come back. Mm. What are the chances of that? Yeah. Hezbollah's in a very strong position. Nasrallah probably does not want to go to war right now, but it may not be his decision. Yeah. The Israelis, or who knows, maybe the Iranians um, decided. Nasrallah doesn't want it yeah. because he wants to consolidate his power base in Lebanon before mm -hmm. he, he takes on Israel. And remember what happened in 2006. Right. Um, he, he, he lost. Yeah, they, they gained, ultimately gained some traction, but he had some problems internally, domestically, because of all the trouble that it caused. Um, the other piece is that you, they, um, and, I, and I, you know, I've been aware of this incrementally. I mean, but now the Lebanese government is Hezbollah. You look at their cabinet. They can, in order to make a decision within the cabinet, it's not the president or the prime minister, you know, who are decided um, based on their religion. Um, the cabinet makes decisions for the government, and they've got to have a majority vote. And um, you know, each uh, e each of the religious, uh, the main, the Shia, Sunni, and Christians each have a third members of the cabinet. Well, Hezbollah, um, so. So and it's got to be um, unanimous vote. So if Hezbollah's got members in the cabinet, they're essentially controlling right, the right. Levy's government. They've got their own communications network now secure. They've got um, 
uh, you, you, they up in the north where the longer range missiles are, um, their their level of concealment concealment is incredible. I mean, yes, they've always put missiles in you know high rise apartments mm -hmm. and things in Beirut, um, but now they've got like um, uh, they've got a tunnel system. Mm -hmm. With uh, with hydraulic lifts and everything that'll pull missiles up, and then I mean it's Crazy. it's like Thunderbirds. Same. I mean I've seen I've seen aerial photographs and imagery. Um, the point is that these you know it, it's not going to be something that a forty mile incursion is going to be able to stop. Mm -hmm. um, and, mm -hmm. and 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 of course, remember in two thousand and six, and indeed back you know during the war in Lebanon, they found that. Incursions couldn't stop the rockets because of you know the way LH does them. You know they they set them up, yeah. and then a guy, someone else comes along mm -hmm. unarmed and does a quick touch point. Mm -hmm. This is exactly what the United States has been trying to stop from happening since all of this blew up is to stop it from exploding into a yeah. larger regional yeah. war. Yeah. Um, and I'm coming back very pessimistic. I tell you, and I'm not a chicken little, but I, I just can't see any anything other than. Do you think that? All of this has successfully uh, shattered the potential normalization between Israel and Saudi Arabia, or is that well, continuing? His, yeah, here's the weird thing. Um, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a uh, not a reversal, but it's different. Uh, in 1948, the Arab nations um, were adamant, even when it came, even when they were on the back foot, um, when they you know when when Israel declared. Independence, and then you had um, Syria, Jordan, Egypt. I mean, it, it converging on on Israel, and it, Jerusalem almost fell. It was a very bloody, bloody war at the at the birth of Israel. But back then, um, when the the U.S. was, you know, trying to get everyone to the negotiation table, even when they knew that they were losing ground, um, the the countries attacking Israel would not recognize the state of Israel. It was known right. as the entity, yeah. you know, in fact, it wasn't until after 73, Sadat was, I believe, you know, the first mm -hmm. uh, Arab leader to, to say the name. Yeah. yeah, say the name. I remember yeah. when I was in Syria, they'd refer to it as like the Zionist occupational entity. The uh, entity, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zionist yeah. entity. Yeah. yeah, anyway, so now, here's my point. Now the Arab nations, because they've grown beyond, they never really give a shit about the Palestinian problem. Right. It was mm -hmm. It was useful, yeah. right? Yeah. Right, and now yeah. they've grown beyond it. Uh, it's it's great to like you know <clears throat> to do a swirly willy on on the Israelis when they yeah. Uh, but, but it's better to make money. But it's better yeah. to make money. <laughs> make money. So they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, it, there was it, there was a lot of um, posturing and everything, but now they're saying, yeah, listen, we'll you know we'll support a two state solution, mm -hmm. and um, but Israelis ninety five percent against it. The, pe the people, you know, from 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 eighty two, which was uh, you know the original incursion into Galilee, right? Not the original. They've been going on throughout the seventies, but the big one in eighty two, Operation Peace for Galilee. A lot of Israelis will point to that and say that's where we started to go downhill in doctrine, mm -hmm. training, and everything. Before that, we had a war fighting. Military, we had guys who are, uh, you know, that that was it. I yeah. mean, you, you, the household names, you know, Moshe Dayan. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying they're yeah. heroes of ours. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Yanni, Ariel Sharon, Yahoo. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, 
so all, all of these guys, right? And 73 war was their last, they'll say this, a lot of, a lot of Israelis, that was the last good war in a sense, you know. Um, the one in uh, Lebanon started to see a phenomenon that Israelis hadn't seen before, which was people refusing to serve in Lebanon. Mm. And it got, you know, it got worse. There was a peace movement, yeah. growth of the peace movement. Yeah. All of that went away on 7 October. Sure. But the concern is, and, and this, you know, I, this, this is what I'm researching, that over the previous three, four decades, not just 10 years, the, the culture, the pre uh, readiness uh, of the IDF had gone downhill. And, mm. and that is such, you know, we can talk about the military here being fucked up, um, and it doesn't really affect anyone, right? <laughs> <laughs> but there, as you know, it's so firmly everyone yeah, served yeah. in the IDF. Yeah. The generals have, um, they have a tremendous respect among population. It's, it's, so this was doubly a shock because everyone feels horribly let down. Right. You know, yeah. <clears throat> right. Um, intelligence failure wasn't, it wasn't a process. Mm -hmm. It wasn't technical ability. Mm -hmm. They were getting all the indicators. Mm -hmm. It was... Mindset. It was confirmation bias. That shit yeah. doesn't happen here. It doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah. Not at all. That's why they had 20 soldiers, female soldiers, killed with one weapon between them on a, in a surveillance post mm. just outside Jeez. the walls of Gaza, yeah. right? And there's a lot of angry, anger about that yeah. um, across the board. So anyway, what, what is happening, what is going to happen? I, you know, I'm, I'm not predicting. I, I just feel sadly as though there's really, I can't see any alternative to, to war. Right. At all, how, how does um, you know? How does all this fit in with you know? You have America, you have uh, uh, you know Europe, but you also have uh, like the UN, who has come out heavily. And in fact, you know, you talk about the UNRW, right? Or was UNRW uh, the like the members of the UN in the educational system that were oh UNRWA. Part, yeah yeah yeah, and, and yeah. also yeah. you have the UN like. Um, Basically, passing all these like resolutions against Israel, mm. but not saying anything about anything else going on. Like, uh, there's haven't, just, haven't they shot down every ceasefire though? Mm. Th there's, uh, I'm not. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm just talking about since like October seventh. Yeah. Like, there's been this very weird, well, uh, alignment yeah. in the West, right? About, uh, you know, um, where. I think America, I think Biden came out strongly for Israel and it, like initially and like he had a solid message, but that wasn't kind of, that wasn't parroted or, or supported everywhere that yeah. we would, and not that the well, UN is the not, West. Yeah. That's not unusual, right? I mean, UN, you look at the history of the UN and Israel. Yeah, yeah. It, it's always, um, it, it's all, always been that way. And when resolutions are passed, I forget which one. Um, the one that said that there can be no militias south of the Latani River, right? Uh, resolution, someone's going to correct me, 1701, right? The UN doesn't enforce it. They don't have the means to enforce it. it. Yeah. And then Nasrallah got um, Hezbollah reclassified within Lebanese law as, I forget what it was, not a militia. Truth. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, hey, I'm, it's, it's not funny. Um, but Nasrallah, too, uh, when you talk to, to Israelis, they, they have tremendous, they don't, of course they don't admire him, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, but they tremendous respect for him. Um, 
you know, I've heard him he, genius, brilliant. Um, they they're unstinting in that. In terms of getting what he wants and what and, benefits and him, just everything. Yeah. I mean, they've yeah. got their own radio station. They're producing. You know, I've got videos here of them. They'll fire at Burkhan. Yeah, you remember those ridiculous Al Qaeda videos we used to watch? Yeah. Hezbollah has some pretty slick ones. Yeah. They've got, <laughs> you know, um, I'll show you. Show you, you know, we've got quite a uh, uh, like a good-looking dude. You know, very kind, almost funny. Hello, my enemy. I hope you're having a shitty day. Yeah. <laughs> and it's about to get worse. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like Western yeah. humor. Yeah. And yeah. You, you can't help thinking. Uh, even the Israelis are like, "Hey, check this out. Look." Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, so you can imagine the hold these videos are having among the population um, in in Lebanon. Yeah. Um, just real quick point on UNRWA. So it's not unusual for UN organizations who get local workers for them to turn out to be sure. bad actors. Ten, you know, I mean, that's sure. It's that's not really. I don't think even from an Israeli perspective, the biggest issue. The biggest issue is this: UNRWA, in their eyes, has propagated. Mm. Um, not just the dream of a Palestinian home, that's not the point, but has propagated the hatred. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, 50% of schools in Gaza are UNRWA. Um, and the Israelis fear, uh, well, some justification that yeah. what is being taught, um, see, they're just bringing up kids to be. Oh, yeah. If you look at the footage from, like, uh, and, like, they're not shy about putting this online. Like, if you look at the footage from some of those schools, it's harrowing. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's what, how they're, like, raising their children to want to be, you know, yeah. uh, martyrs. Um, and, and but the tough part is there's no alternative to UNRWA. Right. I mean, UNRWA is the government of Gaza. Yeah. It's not, you know, Hamas made a big deal of uh, providing social services. No, and that's the three legs, both yeah. Hamas, uh, that Hamas wanted to have and does have, but Hezbollah is really strong in social um, political by social, it's all the you remember after 2006, Iran provided 400 million dollars to Hezbollah to help rebuild Lebanon. So, Le so Hezbollah came out of the woodwork and now they're the heroes, they're right. rebuilding mm -hmm. and they blocked from the Lebanese government from taking a part in that. Okay, so it's kind of the Hamas has the same ideals, you know, yeah. they, but they're not, you know, they do some social stuff, but it's just kind of for show, it's UNRWA. Who's doing all the right? You know the the work of the government. With right. Them. There's no one else to fill that vacuum. So right. Yeah. You know. Right. Take that space up, and if that's what's if that's what's keeping the lights on, if that's what's getting my child fed and educated, well, right. What am I going to say bad about him? Right. Know? So uh, that's what that you know Israel is fighting against, I guess. Right. You know, or up against is that that um, how do you convince? someone again whose child is being fed and educated and homes are being built how do you convince them that that that's a bad organization right you know, stuff does does uh hezbollah have a little bit more like you know we look at hamas and we look at sort of god said but then we look to the north we look at hezbollah because of the settlement issue it is does like hezbollah have do they have an easier time with like gaining sympathy throughout the world be because of the settlements and whatnot? Um, the Palestinians the Palestinians do, certainly. Yeah. Um, the, the, you know, you've probably seen the coverage of, of what's been happening in the West Bank. There's, there's been, you know, I mean, trouble between settlers and, and Palestinians. 
um, on Hezbollah's side, they, they have such a hold on the Shia population of Lebanon that it, it's, I mean, it's just difficult to describe. And when, when we talk about our, our touch point is fighting Al-Qaeda, right? Al-Qaeda mm-hmm. in Iraq. Um, and it, but clearly it was possible to separate Al-Qaeda yeah. from the population because it happened. But when you look back, you realize why, that, why it happened. Mm-hmm. You, in Hezbollah, <laughs> that's, yeah. they, they are so... I mean, it's tragic how it happened. The, the Shia, are back you know, in the 80s, um, in fact, when, when the idea first went into Lebanon, the Sh- they, they protected the Shia mm-hmm. against the, the Palestinians. I mean, mm-hmm. there, was, there was a lot of trouble then. Um, but, but gradually, the Iranian influence, Nasrallah took over. Iran was the, the puppet master behind this that turned Hezbollah into what it is now. Yeah. Interesting. And then with, you know, if we look at the history of Lebanon, like the Paris of the Middle East, right, sort of, you know, this idea, um, uh, you know, this Maronite Christian culture and then slowly like lose ground. And now they're, you know, backers of one of the largest terrorist, you know, organizations. Is this do you do you think this is a model that we have to be concerned about in the future elsewhere in the world do you think that it's something that that was able to happen just because of this because of iran because of the surrounding neighbors well i think we're seeing i mean syria is a mess too right mm-hmm. you know i mean but you're right it, it the cause of that mess is it, it's the same i mean it, assad will have would have fallen in 2015, I mean, he was he was on, not he wouldn't have fallen in 2015, but he was on the ropes in 2015 when Hezbollah weighed in heavily, and mm-hmm. of course the Russians came into. But it was Hezbollah that was doing the heaviest fighting, not the Russians initially. It was Hezbollah that turned the tide. They did a mass recruitment um, in Lebanon. They they recruited guys. I mean, you know, it's the same as the Rangers. They dropped their standards. They brought in a bunch of guys. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's how um, I got in. No, I mean they did. They brought in. So so they even they even distinguished it. You know the the Radawan. I'm mispronouncing the name, but the guys. You know, like they're they're really you know good guys. It's I don't mean that in a a ethically good guys, but they're good soldiers. Yeah, they they call themselves a Radawan. They tend to be on that border with Israel, and they launched all the kind of the conscripts um, into Syria, but. The problem with that now is they've got a massive, I mean, they've got 30,000 guys with combat experience, mm. more so than their IDF counterparts, who are pissed off, angry. They've been, you know, they're involved in all kinds of things, the drugs trade and that. So again, even if you didn't have the dynamic of, this, of the settlements being emptied, right. you've got this dynamic of the returning Hezbollah guys, mm-hmm. um, and Nasrallah's trying to figure out what the fuck do I do with all these guys? I don't, you know, they 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 would like nothing better than to to attack Israel. Sooner or later, the plan is probably you know for Iran to tell Israel that. The question is, what's going to happen before that? Mm-hmm. And I think going, you know, to your question about is this a model that we should be looking at and concerned about? I think if you have a a, a state a proxy state that's you know or state actor that's willing to fill the vacuum wherever that is, whether it's on the border here in Mexico. You know, with Mexico, um, cartels do it. You know, mm-hmm. Sinaloa's out. 
another one comes in, if they're willing to fund that and arm that, then yeah, I think it's it's absolutely possible. And I think it is something that we, being who we are, need to be ahead of mm-hmm. and see it coming and, you know, not have that group think of, eh, you know, that's completely separate. Let's focus over here because that's when it comes up and bites us in the ass, whether it's South Central America, Southeast Asia, somewhere else. If, if we see the rumblings of what's happening in the Middle East, that's where we need to, I'm not necessarily saying we need to insert ourselves physically, right. but politically we need to, you know, talk to these, be talking to these governments say, hey, this is what we see on the horizon. Right. You know, you see what's going on in the Middle East. Just be on your, you know, mind your P's and Q's and we'll be there just in case you need us, you know. It's interesting to me because we, you know, when when any of that, whether it was the cartels mm-hmm. or Hezbollah, when any of that did the same thing, any of the, you know, any actors did the same, the exact same activities, but they were communists. Like we were in there right away, right? Like, mm-hmm. like we were concerned about that, uh, rightfully or wrongfully. Yeah. But but that was a massive concern when it was against the Red Scare. Um, now, because it may not wear the label of communism, you know, because it it may be something else or different actors or multiple different actors. Yeah. I wonder if if we don't we're we're less willing to, you know, take like the covert action mm-hmm. steps and yeah. things like that yeah. because because again we're not fighting against communism now. And it doesn't seem like this global wave that we have to prepare against, but mm-hmm. more it's it's these the, individual. Yeah. The Cold War certainly focused policy. Yeah. You know, I mean, it made it it made it easy. You know, everyone could be consistent regardless mm-hmm. of whether you're a Democrat or Republican. Yeah. The, the policy was containment, right. and everyone understood what that meant. And it meant sometimes making partnerships with unsavory <laughs> countries. Yeah. Right. But that because that was the goal. It's like uh, you know Kissinger when he visited. Israel in 73, in the middle of the 73 war, and Golda Meir's like, hey, you got to help us or the Jewish state will be gone. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, I, you know, something I'm paraphrasing, you got to understand something. I am first an American, secondly, you know, national security fi- advisor, mm-hmm. and only third, Jewish. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's, she makes famous comment, yes, but in Hebrew we read left to right, well, right to left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but her, but his point was, Hey, there are, we can't go to war with Russia, you know. And if 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 you sur- if you surround the Third Army, uh, if you remember, um, yeah. Ariel Sharon drove across the canal with like fifty tanks, yeah. and and they cut off the Third Army. Actually, it, it turned out to be more a brigade. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a very costly attack, but they they cut off the whole army in the Sinai, um, and it essentially held them hostage. And Goldemar said, "Hey, thirty thousand guys, we will you know we will kill them unless." Mm-hmm. We get these unless our prisoners are released, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, yeah that's when Kissinger and Kissinger was really worried that, that that would bring the Russians into the war. Yeah. If the you know. that was about the time when we backfilled them or agreed to backfill their munitions yeah. Yeah. to stop mm-hmm. them from using nukes, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 Now, the the threat of nukes was um, it was Moshe Dayan who 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 had who had said that had put the um, and. And he hadn't informed other members of the cabinet. I mean, it was a serious. <laughs> but no, I mean, he had a he had a moment. You know, I mean, he's a he's a hero. Um, I don't know if you've seen the movie. Well, they had they had some moments recently where people and they yeah. government were talking about nuclear weapons. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But he, he, one thing that I I realize 
I mean, it's, I've realized it before. You know, first time I've been going to Israel since early 80s, but it really struck me this time was that there, you know, everyone there um, in the military government, when it comes down to it, survival of the Jewish state is everything. Mm. Everything. And I, I, I use the term Jewish because that's what they, you know, he, and someone said to me when I was talking about the hostages, and uh, someone said to me, Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And you got to understand what an awful dilemma this is for us. Uh, on one hand, we have this policy that we will always bring people back. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. Even if it... I mean, you remember Galil? Um, one guy. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. Galil. I mean, they traded dudes who'd been killing Israelis. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they did a prisoner exchange up north a few years ago where they handed back a Hezbollah guy who had, uh, who, who had um, killed a 10-year-old boy by, mm. you know, pounding his head in with a rifle mm. button. They gave... You know, so they are... They, bringing, them, uh, bringing their own people back is very, very important to them. Yeah. But on the other hand, you know, what is explained to me? But in the end... If it's a choice between that and survival of the Jewish right. state, mm. you know, I think um, that came out pretty quickly that they were prioritizing killing Hamas yeah, above or, recovering yeah, hostages. Yeah. Hostages was like a secondary, yeah. like way yeah. down there as far as what their military objectives were. Yeah, not that they don't care. No, but no, yeah, no, they, I, yeah, it's you know, it's heartbreaking. There. I'm not, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, to, yeah, um, I get it. Some of the hostage families and, but. At the back of their mind, they I think everyone you know kind of under understands. I mean, I, at the end of the day, I don't think that Hamas was was would ever would ever like be square about the hostages mm. anyway. Yeah. Like they they were always going to be a tool. They were always yeah. going to be leverage, and you know I mean it's one of the it's one of the reasons why a lot of countries won't negotiate with yeah. with the kidnappers it, because it starts to. Encourage well. That's that's right. They've, yeah, that's why Hezbollah. That's how the 2006 war was kicked off. Mm-hmm. Hezbollah was determined uh, because they'd had such success in kidnapping soldiers yes. or families 
Um, that's why they kidnapped those two soldiers, mm -hmm. and which sparked the war. And, and they didn't; those they got the soldiers yeah, back, right. but they were dead. Yeah. You know, and I think probably that memory is is in their mind that hey, we could we could play for this negotiation game and find out they're all gone. And while we're playing this game, Hamas. Would Do we have uh, questions for these guys? He's <laughs> like, <laughs> shut him up. Yep. <laughs> D, give us a commercial break then. He's filtering through. <laughs> got it. We got it. Uh, love the podcast, gents. What are your thoughts on the longtime de facto taboo slash ban in D.C. against uh, the ability to talk about Israeli Israel's nuclear arsenal? I mean, I guess he means on, like, the part of the United States government. Uh, I mean, because officially, that's, like, part of the, like, the understanding is like they're not going to uh, Israel is not going to officially acknowledge yeah. their so nuclear uh, ambiguity. It's but deliberate they, ambiguity. They, they have uh, allegedly like 400 nuclear weapons, um, but yeah, and our government doesn't acknowledge it either. Yeah, yeah. I think politically, it was just if uh, you know a, a political figure put it out there, even suggested that they have them, it now puts us as a whole, the United States, in a bad position. So it's just easier yeah. to just say, just don't talk about it. Yeah, it, it's also one of those things where, I mean, as you're seeing right now, I mean, nuclear weapons are a deterrent, but yeah. they're also completely okay. fucking useless. Yes, absolutely. They don't do anything for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, yeah because you, your, your adversary has to be convinced that you are going to use, use them. Yeah. Right. And then for them to be, to be a useful deterrent, you have to use yeah. it. Right. And, and, and the, the, Arab, the Arabs don't even have the bomb, so. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. this situation, they're absolutely useless. Yeah. Next question we have is this uh, is the current situation blowback for the strike on Soleimani? How has Iran's co combat experience in Iraq and Syria made Iran a more formidable adversary? Um, experience in I in Iraq and Syria. Yeah, well, I I think I think that the scary thing is that Syria has been a battle laboratory for mm. Iran. Yeah. yeah, I think um, more everything from. TTPs to, uh, to development of, uh, of weapons, it. to yep. training of their guys, mm -hmm. to... Um, Waging unconventional warfare. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's more, more, if we're talking experience, more than, hey, let's put our physical people on the battlefield. It's more <clears throat> like a science experiment. Let's put all the pieces together, step back and see how what works and what doesn't. And then we can move on to the next area, you know, or oh, that worked. Let's do this. So I think it's the really, lack of a better turn. It's been an immense success yeah. for them to see what works and what doesn't. Just throw man, money and weapons at it and see what happens. But as far as like the it being a retaliation for the Soleimani strike, I don't think so. I don't think so. The open question, which I mean, maybe it's known behind closed doors, but. Did Iran sponsor this attack to upset the normalization of relations um, with Saudi Arabia? Yeah. So, so I would say there's no doubt in that. I mean, I, I was surprised how much I was shown when I was over there. But clearly, you know, they, they wanted to... It's not like I'm an influential guy, but, it, you know, hey, look, here's what we have. They've got recordings of Farsi in Gaza during, before and during the fight. I believe it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely, and they have. Um, when when you look at everything, the TTPs they used. Uh, when I went up to 
to uh, they've got a uh, IDF has a center up north that just focuses on Hezbollah. And they showed me a plan they captured from Hezbollah um, around 2003, 2004. And it was for an incursion into Israel um, using five you know, different attacks, bases, uh, preceded by rockets. It was almost, I mean, you could have superimposed that plan down into mm. Gaza. Mm. Um, and, and the plan was, was obviously, at the time, the Israelis say this is an Iranian plan yeah. of sophistication. Um, sudden upgrade in all their equipment, weapons. I mean, Hezbollah is, is obviously always has been, uh, for, but if anyone's not familiar, way ahead of Hamas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there is really soldiers now will tell you, Hamas, Hezbollah, like they get, the Radwan are better, are, are far better equipped than mm-hmm. the reservists up on the border. Well, if you want to talk about like the battlefield laboratory and how maybe it improved TTPs, you saw them using drones to neutralize yeah, guard positions. Exactly. And it's not that no one else has done that yeah. before, no. but but practice. You got to practice, right? Right. You rehearse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's it's the same as it's interesting to me because while <clears throat> while people are correct in saying that like Gaza was could be desolate, you know, there are these ideas of an open air prison, but also you had these Hamas guys coming in. On parachutes, which they didn't just watch a training video on that. Like no, they had the obviously, yeah. they, they had obviously, yeah. They paralyzed. Have you seen that video with the f- music festival? Yeah, where the girls are dancing and you see the yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Unfor- coming in. I mean, yeah, it's un- like un- a, unfortunately, it's I've seen too many of those videos. And, yeah. and the thing is that they obviously trained for this somewhere. Yeah, and yeah. you know, it, like training paragliding teams to move in in formation. In Gaza, probably didn't happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. So, so these guys did train somewhere. somewhere. They received training somewhere. You're not just making up paragliding techniques mm. on the fly as you go. Yeah. So, so these guys were definitely equipped, trained, you know, uh, and practiced, mm. rehearsed. Yeah. yeah. Outside. Play outside of outside of Gaza. Yeah. And can I, ju- and can I jump um, in as a resident like uh, dummy? Sure. Uh-huh. I mean, let's not... It's terrible what happened on October 7th, and it's terrible what's going on now. I mean, but Israel was asleep at the wheel. Supposedly, the be- like, one of the best militaries, one of the best intelligence apparatuses, and they missed... They missed... They dropped the ball. I, I dropped the ball is, like, too nice of a word to say. Yeah. Yeah, let's... Yeah, that's a good point, D. Let's, let's talk about, yeah. you know, what, what did happen. Um, so... There's a whole division assigned to Gaza. In fact, it's called the Gaza Division. And it's, it's just outside Gaza. Three brigades purposefully kept close together with the headquarters. Their, one of their missions is to react to any problems. All right? Um, for some reason, there was no QRF, none. All right? Um, it was in the SOP. There should have been a QRF. No one can remember, la- you know, when it was last. Right. You know how it is. Right. It's just right. And so it was Shabbat. It was a uh, holiday, uh, and um, the bases were they weren't empty, but everyone was definitely mm. there was definitely not a QRF, obviously. Right. Um, so they the just before the attack, um, uh, their military intelligence Shabbat uh, got um, a very a very uh, precise warning about the that 
there were infiltrators. They were already mm -hmm. through the blah 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 and location everything. And so um, it's just this. The intelligence guy sent one. Um, it's like a special forces platoon down there, but it was a small group of guys. I don't know how big, but I was told it's less. You know, less on a platoon, and they got down there like, holy shit. Um, but somehow that word they weren't. You know, wasn't tra given to anyone else. Mm. Um, everyone said to me the the part that we cannot answer is why the twelve. You know, in, depending on the kibbutz. Uh, 12, 18, 24 hours before there was a response. Right, yeah. right. Um, yeah. And that, and and the only guys responding were ones and twos mm -hmm. and groups of guys, um, reservists. You know, yeah. I was talking to one guy who said, you know, I to my he's a he's a special forces guy. He, he said, yeah, two of my buddies are there. We're, we're seeing what's happening, and we're arguing. You know, we're going to get called up. Why don't yeah. we just grab our weapons and head yeah. down? And um, he said they were arguing for about 45 minutes, and then they got called up, you know, and he's like, now I, but when we got called up, we just sat there. You know, we waited for a day or two, yeah. and now I'm thinking maybe we should have just gone. You know, gone. Yeah, gone. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and, and even prior to that, though, because Dee brings up a really good point, is, and I don't know how the stories have developed since, because uh, I haven't really been keeping up on it, but there were stories of intel reports both local and foreign coming in in a way in advance Up of to this. a year. Yeah. Mm. Way yeah, in yeah. advance of this mm -hmm. that were being they were being reported. They were mm. going they were they were being taken by the proper people in the proper way. Mm -hmm. And they were being reported, but it was it was like these mid level officers who were like, No, this is too fanciful. Mm. This is like yeah. movie stuff like this would never happen. And so the Intel reports hitting this like choke point and going nowhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you yeah. had heard something similar um, or if that's yeah, accurate. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I spoke to, uh, off the record, obviously, a uh, um, uh, former officer in uh, their SIGINT uh, unit. It's like called 8200. Right? Yeah. So, so, for instance, NSA will say that their SIGINT is absolutely, it's a question of scale, but yeah. their, their SIGINT is you know they they're every bit as well trained sophisticated they don't and they have the tools yeah. to perform um but but she said an interesting thing she said you know um i think i think uh the problem with signals intelligence is we're so we rely on it so much yep. we've lost our human skills yeah mm -hmm. um and and it's become this panacea and she said if i could if i could i would disband the unit <laughs> no i think she's half joking but she said we, we don't need an intelligence service. We've got everything in open source. Mm. They're telling us what they're doing. Yeah. We just we just didn't want to hear it. Is yeah. essentially what, what yeah. she was telling me. Yeah, you know, I mean that that's yeah. happened in the U.S. You know, I mean Carter, you know, became such a huge believer in the NSA, cut cut the uh, CIA way down, yep. got rid of a lot of a lot of the like the old OSS guy, like a lot of that yeah. sort of experience, and you know, and the CIA had to rebuild. Yep. It's human capability Absolutely. after we realized that SIGINT wasn't a lot of those cuts panacea. were uh, made by Nixon. Oh, were they? Okay. Yeah, because of other like political yeah. stuff. Yeah. He, he saw the CIA as the deep state. The deep yeah. state. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, but it got carried out during the Carter administration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we get into this, I think we get into these cycles of I'm speaking for the US. Um I'm not speaking for the US, about the US. <laughs> um, we get into these almost like a like a, a prize, like a boxer. We get into this, we, we slug it out, Cold War. We slug it out, and then we get into this fog where we're like, you know, between the 
towards the end of the Cold War and leading up to 9-11, we were in this Cold War mentality just as terrorism was starting to really get, get its legs underneath it. So then we had to play catch-up after 9-11. Right. Right. Then we were full-blown on GWAT, and we were slugging it out, and then we got into this punch-drunk fog again, and now we're just playing catch-up with getting back in the traditional human right. and things like that. Of course, there's a place for technology, for you know all of that stuff, but battlefield intelligence, from what I have seen and learned, battlefield human is not the same as strategic human. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's not talking to a Chinese asset. Right. You know, talking to a farmer in um, in Kandahar or something like that's not the same thing. And we're still playing catch-up to get back to where we were during the Cold War. And I think we go through those fogs and it's being taken advantage of. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we make humans so painful, too. We really do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we but, really you, you gotta, you got to do all these steps, and if you haven't gone to... Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Oh, Did man. they take but, money? They're yeah. not an asset. You know, <laughs> a couple points. One, our military is the same way, right? We're always training for the last war. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and in between the, the Cold War and the GWAT, we had the war on drugs, mm -hmm. where that's where all the... Because people want the money, right? Mm -hmm. So they go where the money is good. Yeah. And, you know, the other <clears throat> interesting thing is uh, we had Jack Devine on recently, and he, he talked about this, mm -hmm. This, and he's been involved in almost every... He wrote every, that book. He wrote, yeah, that was a good... Yeah. Uh, he, he, you know, he, he's like a legend in, in the agency. Yeah, and, that's fine. Yeah. and one of the things he said is that, you know, he would actually start another career service mm -hmm. in the agency and that we should know what's going on in Peru, we should know yes. what's going on. We shouldn't like after Afghanistan. After we left Afghanistan, um, you know, after the Russians were defeated, mm -hmm. we didn't have any more presence, resources. Like we should yep. know what's going on everywhere as much as we can. Absolutely, and we don't. We are a very tunnel visioned, and a lot of that is budget, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of that is we have a certain amount of money. Mm -hmm. And where does this money go? Yeah. Where do we put our focus? Yeah. Um, that's, that's a great point because when you think about it, I mean, Hezbollah is our enemy too. Right. Hezbollah has a lot of American blood on its hands yeah. from, the, you know, from the death of the Marines in 83. I mean, yeah. that was Amal, was but, but that was Hezbollah um, all the way through, of course, to what was happening in Iraq. Um, yeah. And, um, and Hezbollah was involved in that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, and yet we... We haven't made a determined effort yeah. to go after them. And it is a global organization. Are you yeah. tracking, you know, in South America, the tri-border region? Everyone talks about it there. What I didn't realize is there is a big Shia population. Yeah, there. massive. Uh, yeah. yeah, which dates from the Lebanese Civil War. Yeah. Um, and that is, you know, where, where there is a sizable Lebanese population, there yeah. is Hezbollah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, um, just, yeah, anyway, I, I don't mean to make this a Hezbollah show, but. It's it's so like yes. Right. Thank you. Question, not from me, from a viewer. Uh, this is Ukraine. The guys mentioned the new Ukrainian sections being about sixteen men, with half as drone operators. Do you think this is a fad or the future trend? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I I uh, I brought that up. I I think I think it's just a recognition of uh, what is important on the modern battlefield, um, which has always been important. Mm. It, but but the tools are there now uh, for a, at the squad uh, mm -hmm. to be able to, to do it, see yeah. further out yeah. to get greater standout and deliver precision fire. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and the way that the 
the squad can do it in Ukraine is via drones. Yeah. You know, and it it should be the same here. I mean, I, I re I'd like to see the Marine Rifle Squad reconfigured. There, there have been, going back even like 20 years now, uh, like doctrinal attempts to integrate drones into the squad-sized mm -hmm. element. And I haven't gone through and read infantry doctrine right now. I don't Shame know. I don't know exactly yeah. what's in there. I'm, I apologize. In Normally, advance. you wait till later at night. But they're and up in bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's an FM. They, they just put out the new FM on Russian tactics that I have to thumb through. So, awesome. yeah, sorry, man. Yeah. One thing at a time. Yeah, um, but uh, no, I'm just saying that that is something that they're thinking up. they're thinking about. So, I, I would say future trend. Yeah, I, I definitely. It's definitely yeah, I hope so. It, it's I'm, honestly, I think it's probably one of the next stages of like vehicle-borne IEDs like it's it's a it, it's like drones are a very low cost mm -hmm. you know and you don't have to find like the the uh, like the mentally disabled guy or the guy mm -hmm. who who you can put under duress for yeah. his family to like walk or drive an IED yep. into a checkpoint now. Yep. If you can just fly a drone five feet off the ground, yeah. you know, into a checkpoint, yeah. like it, it's going to be a, a massive problem for asymmetrical Absolutely. warfare in the future. And yeah, yeah, it's, mm -hmm. and, and along that border in Israel, I mean, you, it's a long border, it's porous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's drones bring a whole new yeah. perspective. And now you're combining with missiles, so you make the interception problem for Iron Dome virtually impossible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do do drones even pop up like a low-level drone does it will it even pop up on the on the Iron Dome sort of they, detection? They have they have targeted, but it's not um, there's a number of things I don't mean to to bore you, but um, depending on where the drones coming in, the angle, yeah. um, the it's Put it this way: They they know that the Iron Dome is going to be overwhelmed very yeah. quickly if, yeah. if if Hezbollah really goes at hey, it. Buddy, you want to come up? Percy up. Come sit with Percy us. Up. There you go. This is where he wants this to is be. Percy, everyone. This is this is our our uh, the resident. Yes, our doll. our fifth co-host. <laughs> Perhaps the most intelligent. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, speaking of, uh, talking about precision, I, I think I sent you guys the video. Um, was from Ukraine where they had, I guess, intel on a um, Russian, like a warehouse, like a storehouse, and they had trucks in there. And you just watched from the uh, vantage point of the drone. It just flies, does its little thing, and then there's a warehouse, goes right into the warehouse and right into the Oh, back I of a saw truck. that one. And, just, I was, and I'm just, I was flabbergasted watching yeah. it. The precision of this stuff. It's, it's, so and F I said, when F I said, FPDs, I said yeah. yeah, I said, warfare is just, it's gotten that much scarier. Well, you and, know? and and then if you if you watch like the drone shows, the light shows that they do, mm. um, you know, especially in like large cities in, in Asia, you know, they do these amazing yeah. shows where a swarm of drones will like make a dragon and fly yeah. through the air and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. So you know, combining AI with drone swarms is something that's already happening. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that was so. That dragon could easily be a formation, formation yeah. of of drones mm. carrying, uh, you know, something with with a large enough payload mm. to, you know, uh, yeah, to to hit a convoy, to hit troops in the open, mm -hmm. and um, and that's a that's a really good point because the main 
defense against drones is EW. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's not a, I mean, kinetic solutions do work, but they, they're overwhelmed very yeah. quickly. Yeah. And it financially, it's a, it's a huge yeah. Um, disparity. Yeah. yeah. But, but, you know, with drones now, if you're making them um, offline, you know, I'm using probably the wrong term, but where they... 3D printing. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're reading, the, uh, what's it called? Uh, where they read... Like the telemetry. Uh, they read the terrain yeah, and yeah. compare, oh, you yeah. know, map so they're map not map using uh, yeah. GNSS. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Hezbollah is doing that. Mm. So the point is, again, you're back to trying to bring them down with kinetic solutions, mm. which yeah. is it's a waste of resources. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I think drones and AI, you know, not AI like Skynet, but just basic yeah. AI, what mm-hmm. it's capable of now yeah. Yeah. is, you know, it, 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 it already is changing the face of warfare, mm-hmm. but it, it will change it even further when people get creative about mm-hmm. ways mm-hmm. to use it. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And I think we're in such a, I hate using cliche terms, but connected world that even that kid in what some would call a shithole, name your country, whatever sure. it is, they still are going to have the information sure. to be able to do these things. And you combine that with, okay, you just flattened my village and killed yeah. my dad and my brothers. Now I'm taking that knowledge that I gained on the internet and I'm taking it to the bad guys, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So you combine all those things it, and it's it's crazy. Right. You just brought up a really good point. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, occurred to me. The problem, our problem is that we mirror image. I think, honestly, mm. a, you know, a, a problem the Israelis are having is that they don't mirror image. Mm. They don't imagine, you know, so, hey, we're going to eradicate Hamas, we'll just wipe them off the face. Mm. Well, someone's going to survive. Yeah. And how do you think they're going to feel? Yeah. Right. Do you think yeah. this problem is going to... Do you really think, you know, you can't eradicate... We've learned that with the Islamic yeah. State. Right. You can't eradicate, you can't eradicate right. it. The, right. the ideal continues. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, you have to infect it with MTV and, and you know, Air Jordan. Like, you, you have to... You have to change the mentality. Mm-hmm. Give them know? an alternative. Yeah. You have to give them a, a positive alternative. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that like, MTV is necessarily no, a positive alternative, saying, no. yeah, but but you know, it, it, it's it's like something different. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, if you're a poor Shia, uh, or you know, just a impoverished in Lebanon, I'm not going to overstate it because yeah. you know. But the point is, Hezbollah is everything to you. Yeah, you, you know, they your family, you um, getting. You are beholden to them, and yeah. they're not doing it out of the good of their heart. Right. Yeah. It's the the grip that they yeah. have on right. their community. Right. Absolutely. Any um, other questions? Uh, yeah. Uh, has Andy ever been approached to be the frontman for a Billy Idol band? <laughs> that's that's so flattering. I really like that. <laughs> no, yeah, I can't yes. sing. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Billy Idol, by the way? Is he still alive? I think he's still rocking. I think he's still. Alive. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dave, I don't know what cologne you have on, but Percy is just all over you. <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, Tony Aiello, <laughs> thank you very much for the for the very generous donation. We deeply appreciate it. What do you do for guys who donate? We got them ask a question. Oh, that's cool. But if they don't have a question, just say thank yeah. you. <laughs> appreciate it, guys. 
Colombian peso. It's from Colombia. Nice. So what next? What are you going to take the team house to? You're talking about you've achieved a plateau of success, but where to now? Aside um, from Eyes On, which you know clearly has boosted <laughs> you into yeah. superstardom. I think we deserve to spot it at Shot Show. <laughs> <laughs> see if you want to you want to go back Madden butterfly is there you want to go back no i have no desire i went with you like three or four years <laughs> yeah. right remember madam butterfly yeah man i yeah. do i remember her oh, <laughs> what's this she was a chinese spy that was there yeah this girl so we were in a hotel lobby me jason stories always begin well with and, that line. and another uh <laughs> another guy i knew and then he brought in like maybe three of his friends with, with the department of justice who chases? No, it's a, no, a third oh, guy. Right. So we're all hanging out, having drinks in this lobby in Las mm -hmm. Vegas, and this woman comes and like sits down with us. I can't. No, one of the DOJ guys so went she, and talked. She to had her. been sitting down the way a little bit, like literally by herself. And good-looking woman and all. And remember, wearing like, a suit top. These suit old guys, top and nothing else. Basically. There are these guys like in their eighties walking by, like on their canes, and one of them stopped and said to her, you're beautiful, and she's like, you know, thank you and all. So she's sitting by herself, so Jack Wait, and I where are... Where is this, by the look, way? Vegas. This is in Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, what are you Chacho. doing? You were working in Vegas? Yeah, yeah. and uh, Jack's like, she's coming down here, guaranteed. And she, before he even finished the sentence, one of the other guys invited her down. And so she sat in the middle of us, and she's like, you know... Where are you from? Blah blah blah. This and that. And Jack and I are just like, what? She's here. We're just what yeah. clearances? Yeah, that, we were what just, clearances do you have? Yeah, we were yeah. just yeah. me yeah. drinking. The, the <laughs> DOJ guys were getting sloppy drunk, like leaving oh their gosh, badges with her and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh and yeah, and she's like, oh, I'm here for the electronic show, and yeah. we're just being loud. We're like, yeah, okay. And uh, so finally, either one of them or her said, hey, let's go back to your hotel. And so she looks at us. She's like, are you guys coming? We're like, no. And she's trying to convince us her hardest. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, she like grabbed me by the hand and yeah. was like rubbing my hand. Like, yep. oh, you should come with her. Yeah, she come with And we were like, no. And I said, and I was like, not today, Madam Butterfly. And then it kind of just stuck. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Jack wrote a really nice article about it. Well, it she, she asked me what I do. And I was like, oh, I'm a journalist. And she was like, oh, what kind of stuff do you write yeah. about? I was like... I read a lot about Chinese espionage. Yeah. <laughs> so, and she's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, what uh, did she say to that? Nothing. She just yeah. kind of like froze yeah. up. She like, didn't ask us to go back to the thing? hotel after that. Yeah. Yeah. Fang Fang. Yeah, yeah. She she was wearing just a suit jacket. It was yes, with nothing yeah, under nothing it. underneath it. Yeah. yeah. Two immaculate torpedoes <laughs> underneath this bad boy. Clearly, like bought, she was yeah. looking Clearly for some. Bought. Yeah. Like, definitely I, advertising. Absolutely. Yeah. I think she worked for Disca, and she was just testing security. <laughs> yeah, security. exactly. <laughs> well, I, I was a private citizen, so she could have tested me uh, <laughs> three ways, six ways to Sunday. Um, yeah, I, yeah, but I have no desire to go back out there at all. All right, I'm glad, you know, we, I'm glad we clarified you that, don't, Jason. You don't hear of guys being hooked that way, do you? It's normally money, or it's just idiocy like that? I think with MSS, with Chinese intel, they just throw everything Yeah, mm. because... I'm, Normally, the way that would work, if in a perfect situation for them, one or two or one would go back to the room, things would happen, and in the next room, you're being filmed, and then it, you know, eventually someone comes to you and says, this is what we have. A after they've done the research, we know you have a wife and kids. Yeah. yeah. The Russians would do that. Like, mm -hmm. the Russians and the Chinese, like, aren't afraid of that honeypot. No. I, heard a, I heard a story about a, I think it was a naval officer, actually, and they sent a couple prostitutes to his door. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, no, thank you, goodbye. <laughs> and after the second girl, when he rejected her, 
the third knock comes, and they sent the dude. Yep. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, well, what's well, what's, yeah, what's, what's this guy? Yeah, yeah, what's yeah, what's well, wrong with this guy? Let's spitball. Yeah. 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 He said Navy guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, what's it's interesting, though, you know, talking about AI and, and uh, drone warfare mm-hmm. is what happens when this becomes, you know, because we have, like, we already have, like, amazing deepfake technology. Yep. So what happens when when they don't even actually need to run a honeypot? Mm-hmm. When they can just, just deep fake you it. into it, yeah. yeah. When you, yeah they absolutely. can just deep fake it, yeah. yeah, and say we have this, like Max Blumenthal did to me, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody's got an axe to grind. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because we talk about your show. I, your I show wasn't being, worth a honeypot. We, we we talk about your show being apolitical, and, and we we do our best to keep ours apolitical too. And it's like even even though you want to keep it apolitical. There, like, there are topics. Israel and Ukraine are two of those yeah. topics. I don't think we should say political. We just don't want it to be not partisan. Dumb, yeah, partisan. partisan. Yeah. Not exactly. partisan. Absolutely. Right. It right. has yeah. to be political. Yeah. Otherwise, it's right. interesting. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but there are there will be people who will make what you say political. I mean, Absolutely. just talking about Israel, there there are very strong political feelings mm-hmm. on on both sides Absolutely. of of this issue. In fact. One of our, this wasn't a paid question, but I noticed it. You know, one of the viewers asked um, about the lives lost in Gaza. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that, that's a very yeah. real concern. Absolutely, mm-hmm. as it should be. You know, um, and it, but it's also one of those things where, you know, like during World War II, nobody asked about, about innocent lives lost mm-hmm. because... There, because there's a recognized war going on, mm-hmm. right? And then we have Israel who is facing, or at least from their perspective, is facing what we would term as an existential threat. Mm-hmm. Their ability to exist, mm-hmm. you know, with Hamas and Hezbollah and, and, and these other actors. And how do they respond in Gaza? Like, how do they... There, There's loss of civilian life. Um, but... Can they quit? Can they? Can they? Not well, do that? it's also. I mean, the IDF's having some command and control issues where they're executing their own people who come yeah. out waving a white flag. Mm-hmm. They're the running 20, around. Twenty percent. Uh, they estimate twenty percent blue on blue. They're di- their casualties. Dis- displaying ladies' underwear on mm-hmm. their TikTok videos. I mean, they're having some pretty yeah. like serious internal yeah. issues and when you know failures of discipline in their own ranks. Um, and that's a, that's another part of the issue. Yeah, you know, it's unavoidable. There's definitely, um, you know, one of the one of the signs when, when you when you get casualties that high, it's often a sign of um, if if it's not guys deliberately killing civilians, which I don't believe it is, mm-hmm. um, it's a sign of lack of training. Mm. You know, it's um, sometimes the absence of orders is worse than bad orders. That's right. right. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, well, especially blue on blue like figures like that. Yeah. Like that. That's um, a training issue. Now they're learning some. You know, they were talk, talking to me how they 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 worked out how to prevent blue on blue. Um, they're learning some hard lessons. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Listen, I'm not making a comment. I'm just saying. No. For us, that would be a real concern, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, the calculus is probably different to them because of what I've said. They, uh, you know, the, the, the survival of the Jewish state is everything um, to them. And that's, that's not me, you know, making a, yeah. a comment about it. I'm just saying that is, you've got to understand that is. Yeah. And it, my death, your death, his, 
even Percy, <laughs> if the if the state can survive and we have to die for it, then that's, right. you know, that's right. the way it is. Now, we talk that way in the state, so thank you for fighting for my freedom, but right. come yeah. on. Right. It's really? abstract. Yeah. No one gives a yeah. shit. Yeah. I mean, Afghanistan and Iraq didn't even make the front page most of the time. No one. Yeah. Dave Coney uh, added a question. Okay. Okay. But I don't have an answer. Okay. So, yeah, for that. Tony Ayo, uh, what do you suggest Israel do at this stage? They were attacked in a way that is analogous to our 9 11. Uh, look how we reacted. How can they stand down while being attacked by Iran's proxies? So it's a great question. Yeah, it I is. Mean, but that's that's, a, that's what I've been a trying huge to explain, yeah. strategic existential question that. Yeah. I hate to say it as a cop out, but we can't answer that. Yeah, we can give I, your I don't opinion. Think Israel I don't can think exactly. That I don't yeah, think they, they don't can know. either. Yeah. Damned they if you don't. do, damned if you don't. You stand down. Now it's you didn't fulfill what you said you were going to do, the eradication of Hamas. And at the same time, if they continue it this way, now it's it, it in the world's eyes, in most of the world's eyes, it will have gone beyond the scope of what they set out to do. Right. Because, like I think Jack said, it's you're not killing you could a guy could walk out with a t-shirt that says i'm the last Hamas." boom you pop him and then is it really done though right you know right. so now how far beyond the scope of what your uh parameters are are you willing to go so it's i think now it's a matter of how can we say i hate saying save face because it's more than that it's a, it's like you said the survival of jewish jewish state how can we quote unquote save face Without going beyond where we have gone right now, you know, um, because again, Hamas is going to pop up somewhere else. Hezbollah is going to, at some point, see that vacuum and step in. Right. So now it becomes something else, and it gets even wider. Um, but again, I don't think the this crappy answer is we can't answer that. Israel can't answer that right now. Yeah. But I think they need to turn their ears outwards a little bit and listen to what the world is saying. Not necessarily. Do what they're saying, but listen they, to what they've they're got saying. a strategic communication problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and because of that, because of that, uh, the real their real point or their real issue gets drowned. Yeah, in in, mm -hmm. in that right. So the their real point is their real point is they've this. already lost Iran. Yeah, Iran is the enemy. Yeah, Iran mm -hmm. isn't just our enemy. <laughs> Iran right. is an enemy of the free world. Yeah. And something needs to be done about Iran, yeah. right. and all this other stuff. Yeah, they, then it, then that becomes manageable. But as long as Iran is there, this shit, we can mow the grass all we want, and yeah. it's just going to get worse and worse. Yeah. It's but they need to, they need the U.S. on on side. It's, right? in, it's interesting to me, what sort of the sympathies that Iran gains in in the West, and in particular in the U.S., when they have such a tyrannical rule over their own people like yeah. how can anybody look at them with a modicum of sympathy when they enforce you know mm. these these harsh laws for women mm. when they you know like shoot protesters yeah. when, when they do these things and yet people somehow look at iran as some sort of like victim i this. think what it looks like what it seems like to me is that the average american citizen doesn't see themselves as being sympathetic to Iran, they see themselves as being sympathetic to one step down, Palestinians. Right. Uh, you know. Right. The 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 victims of Iran's um, injecting themselves in the situation and Israel 
and the people in the middle, they don't. I don't think they really see themselves as um, as uh, supporting or you know sympathizing with Iran because they don't see Iran. You know, um, I think that that's being blocked by the the poor victims in the middle. So yeah. they just see you're killing these kids, you're killing these women and children and poor you know old people. Um, doesn't matter who above or below is causing the issue, you know. But now from the you know, from the Israeli point of view and for those who support Israel, it's up. It goes right past those victims that you're supporting Iran, you're supporting Hamas, right. you know, all those other things. And again, those people are caught in the middle. Yeah. And uh, I think, and I know I'm probably going to catch hell for it, but I think you can not necessarily be on both sides, but you can have two mindsets. You can support the state of Israel, or I should say the Israeli people, um, not necessarily their government. Um, and you can feel for the victims in Palestine at the exact same time. Again, we're going political, but it's just like with politics here in the U.S. People are black or white, one side or the other. Yeah. When, yeah. when it, when the issues that come into it, politics, you can be of two mindsets with it. Right. And I he, think that's where the, to go back to what I was saying, the average person doesn't see themselves as being sympathetic to Iran. They see themselves as being sympathetic to the, the plight, whatever right. it is, whatever side it is. Right. Yeah. Right. Dave, do you think it's sympathy, or do you think it's, um, you know, from a from governmental perspective, do they'd say, hey, this is real politic. We can't, you know, we can't just treat Iran. If we treat Iran as an adversary or as a pariah, then it's going to be. You know. But but I think what we miss, and and I say this because I, when I was in, I mean, I had to, had to take it closely. Actually, I've been to Iran. Um, that doesn't make me an expert at all. But but the sad thing about that is the people are awesome. Iranian people are right, and they, they are smart, sophisticated, um, and and super nice. I mean, they, you, you know, I never, and people were fighting me in the homes and everything. Um, but the regime, there, no one, right. no one can, no one in their right mind, presented with the facts, can deny that the Iranian regime is focused not just on the destruction of Israel, but other things that are bad mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. for yeah. us too. Yeah. Right? I mean. And and they're not going to be deterred from that. Right. And if you look at the um, just uh, what what their leadership has been saying all along, I'll give you two quick examples. All right, of long game the Iranians play. Um, do you remember? Maybe not. But 1995, Hezbollah blew up a synagogue in Argentina, mm -hmm. killed like 80 people, 150 um, uh, wounded. Um, well, there was. The, the Argentinian special, there was a long investigation that kept getting derailed. And they finally came up in um, 2012. Um, the special prosecutor said he was going to announce that the Argentinian government had been, or, or there's, there'd been some involvement, you know, with uh, Hezbollah, the Argentinian government. Um, this was Kirch, this is 2012 as Kirchner's um, he, special prosecutor. He was found dead the next morning and suicide, supposedly. Right, even of course. though, the, yeah. And, and they just recently they did another investigation. No, it was murder. But my point is, as Hezbollah, you know, they, the, the continuity of operations, the Hezbollah that did that is the same Hezbollah that came back in 2012 yeah. and said, oh, we've got to set this straight. Another example, do you remember the Vincennes shot down um, the, the Airbus. Iranian mm -hmm. Airbus in yeah. mm -hmm. uh, 1988? Um, fast forward 20 years in California, the, the wife of the skipper is badly injured in a car bomb in California, mm. planted by 
you know, I mean, obviously the, the Iranians. Yeah, there, there was also a bomb put in the minivan of a U.S. admiral, and it was never officially attributed really? to yeah. Iran. Yeah, That's the this thing. is. Yeah, we don't. We. This guy. This happened in the nineties. Mm. Yeah, and uh, there have been and there have been other IEDs found yeah. other in in Europe also that have been. We know it came from Iran, yeah. but they, you don't talk about it publicly. Mm. There's, there's one other, there's one other just example on this. So the, uh, the drone that hit Tower Twenty Two, right? I mean, it's a tangled web. But first of all, um, clearly that drone was Iranian, mm. right? But, but the government never came out and said, "Hey, we've got pieces. Here yeah. it is," because they didn't want to be put in the position. I'm sure. Of being confronted with, okay, what are you now do? Iran? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, now what do we do? Right. Yeah. Well, why why Tower Twenty Two? Tower Twenty Two doesn't do much, but Tower Twenty Two supports Al Tanf, yeah. and Al Tanf is slap bang in the middle of one of their their land routes. Okay, so they the Iranians wanted. There's three potential land routes. There's one up in the north, right through you know, the autonomous region of mm -hmm. Kurdistan. That, for, I forget why, but that's been blocked to the Iranians. And then they've got, um, they've got the one going through southern, yeah, mid-southern Iraq, and anyway. Probably because we're in Deir Zor. Yeah. But any, yeah, uh, anyway, Al-Tanf is right in the, slap in the middle. And so, you know, anyone who's been there does tend to wonder, why the fuck are we here? It's a shithole. <laughs> but it's an important shithole. Mm. And you can put... 100 soft dudes there with the uh, Indige army, and they're doing, you know, they, they're more than a uh, speed bump. They, they are a thorn in the side of the, not just the Syrian regime, but especially the Iranians, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but, but you see what I'm saying? So that yeah. drone, it, it wasn't accidental mm. that that was where that drone hit, and it's not accidental that it's Iranian as much as we want to say, oh, hey, you know, this is just all part of the, the static. <laughs> And the Houthis, by the way, launched a drone that hit a lat in southern Israel. And that's, that's a little worrying. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys feel as though, like with the Houthis, like, do you, guys, do you guys feel as though the U.S. has moved away from deterrence? And do you think deterrence is effective or not? I think deterrence works. I think it just depends on the, the, um, the situation. You know, like... We talked about nuclear nukes. Is nukes going to really deter the Houthis? Probably not. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, we wouldn't probably wouldn't waste the uh, resource on it. But I, I think it does. But I, I think that deterrence only works if you're willing to use it and you use it, mm -hmm. depending on the situation. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, you you know, in the in the Gulf, um, like in the '80s. You know, Iran pushed and pushed and pushed. We had our, you know, as we did, we have our battle groups there. And then finally it was like, you know what? Screw them. Take out a bunch of their um, oil platforms, IRGC, you know, uh, stations, stuff like that. We showed that our, we were willing to use our deterrence, but we haven't necessarily been willing to do that mm -hmm. up to this point. And now it's reactive deterrence. It's, right. okay, they shoot at us, let's shoot these things down. But now what we're doing, at the cost of... You know, uh, a couple of F-18s um, and some Harriers shooting down some drones. You know, now we've just, you know, thousands of thousands of dollars to shoot these things down. And is it really a deterrence or is it 
let's just keep shooting these things until, you know, the Houthis saying, let's just keep shooting these things until they run out of missiles. When, yeah. when our own government keeps talking about reestablishing deterrence, like that's the that's, de facto admission. Yes, that, that we, we don't have, have no, it. We don't yeah. have it. Yeah. yeah. We, so. We're not good at deterrence, I think, because we, we don't, first of all, it's got to be something that's important, mm-hmm. right? You've got to either be taking away or um, threatening something that's important to your adversary, yep. number mm-hmm. one. Number two, he's got to believe you're going to do it, mm-hmm. right? Those mm-hmm. two things. And one of those two pieces is often missing, yep. mm-hmm. right? Iran, you know, what do we do to, to deter Iran? Um, you know, I'm not saying, hey, let's go to all-out war with Iran, but, but you've got to bring, bring if, you, if you want to do anything about the situation in the Middle East right now, right. You, you've got to make Iran feel some, some pain, and yeah. it's got to be more than sanctions, and it's not an easy answer. I've wrestled with this problem before. Um, but but that is that's the bottom line. You you're not going to deter the fucking Houthis for Christ's sake. No. They're having the time of their lives, man. Right, yeah. They're executing uh, the Marine Corps. Uh, what's it? Force twenty thirty. <laughs> it's Let long range it. missiles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they got hold of our doctrine. Like yeah. this is this shit works, man. Yeah, <laughs> and they're making music videos. Man, yeah. I can't yeah. believe like, in in between yeah. missile launches. I can't believe those yeah. guys were were you know. We're criticizing that commandant. I mean, he was he's on the on the money here. Yeah. yeah, without tanks. Yeah. yeah, and again, deterrence. Cold War worked. Like, all right, let's go from you know the dropping of um, the the atom bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. That was deterrence in your face being used. So the Soviets, you know, Germany, everybody else saw we have it. We're willing to use it. Boom. Right. So that worked up until. The, the Soviets detonated right. theirs. Then it was like, oh shit, what's next? Then we upped our carrier. This is, I know, the bane of your existence. <laughs> we upped our carrier um, Andy capabilities. Andy hates aircraft carriers. Yes. Only now. I just love them. We upped our, you know, our aircraft carrier game, and we were able to show our deterrence and then give examples in Gulf of Sidra where we shot down, uh, you know, a couple of things, SU-22s. Um, they were able to see, we can use these things and we can pull them right up to your doorstep. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to go at it, well, now the Soviet or the Russians have aircraft carriers. Chinese have aircraft carriers. India has aircraft carriers. So now it's like, oh shit, what what do we and, do now? And more importantly, they've got, they've got uh, shorter ship missiles, right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Now they have hypersonic missiles right. that we talked about on the show that, you know, so now it's like, um, well, but we still got nukes, you know, and right. everyone's like, who cares? You're not going to use them. Right. So what's the next step in deterrence? Right. So. Right. Do you think that, that you know, because somebody mentioned Soleimani, do you think that, that was a good example of deterrence? Do you think it's something that we should have, like, kind of followed up with? Or do you think it sort of was one of those sort of one-off things I think it was a one-off because I don't think we could have gone any farther. I, I think we could have. We tried to. We tried, yeah. Because we tried to take out a bunch of Iranians yeah. in Syria and Yemen also at the same time. Yeah, and I, and I think we, we could. We could still continue to do that, but for how long before it's like, okay, oh, well, you know, the, before the Iranians say, that's fine, what is that? You know, we just lost a general, we'll replace him. Yeah. You know, what's the next step? Outside of going into Iran and doing something, right. which the Israelis have already proven that they don't care about doing, you yeah. know. So, it, but then it becomes: Do we get someone else to do it for us? You know, because then now we're taking a step back in deterrence. We just got someone else to do it for us. So, is it really us 
are we really the deterrent or right. is it whoever did it? So how do we fight these emerging threats that are willing to, you know, whether it's China or Iran uh, or proxies, you know, Hezbollah or whomever, who are willing to put a bomb in an admiral's wife's car or, you know, do these things? How do we fight that in a country that for 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 the... For all everybody's opinion of the CIA and for you know the mistakes we've made, we still do have a lot of checks and balances mm -hmm. and, and value freedom yep. and, and, and yeah. human life and aren't necessarily willing to go to the same lengths that these that our adversaries are. Is there a way that we sensibly and, and in a sane manner combat those? Hmm. I think. On a, let's just say from the, you know, on a terrorism scale, um, I think we have to be willing to do what we're doing, which is, you know, you hit us, we hit you kind of thing. With the caveat that if we hear, we know about it before you do it, we're going to get you wherever you are. Within reason. Again, I don't know that we're necessarily going to go into Iraq to hit. We know that there's a cell, Hezbollah cell or whoever, training in Iran. I don't know that we're necessarily going to go in there and hit them. Um... Jack will probably know better than I do if we can do something like that. Um, but I think when it comes to state actors, uh, I think we just need to up our human intel game. And while we're working, because all, none of these things work in a vacuum. So intel doesn't work without politics, doesn't work without the military, doesn't. All these things have to be in play and in sync. And But one of those things, from my understanding, is not broken but it's still playing catch up which is our intel game our human you know um those sorts of things and when i say human i'm not talking about like that chinese um you know uh lower madam level butterfly. political guy what's that madam butterfly yeah, yeah yes, right, they were, right. i'm talking about i'm the still madam wallowing butterfly. in that story i'm talking That's about it. that politburo member right who mm -hmm. can tell us what g or whoever is thinking you know so that we can get in their head that's time-honored tradition human you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and once we get that back on track, then we can sync it with politics where the, you know, um, State Department can say or the president can say, hey, listen, we know about this. We know what's going on here or not necessarily because, you know, we don't want to give away. We know these things, but um, we know something is cooking. You know, the next step is military. So why don't we figure this out now? And uh, I think we've gotten away from that because of GWAT um, and we can't focus on two things at once so i that's from my 10-foot level that's what i think so Dave, on, go uh, ahead Andy. yeah fine you you made that comment about Soleimani. i you know i obviously i wasn't involved in that i was a civilian i was retired but when we were in the military we all discussed that right mm -hmm. um so i i think i think decapitation strikes can be useful mm -hmm. if they're part of a campaign yes in other words there's yeah. a messaging component mm -hmm. there's you know there's a lot of other things going on to contain what happens afterwards yep. to make it a deterrent but if you just do a one-off and leave it not, now no. you're just telling you, you, you it's a challenge I, ideally his number two is already working for you yeah yeah <laughs> and often yeah, yeah. And, right. and often it's often it's worse you yeah. know i mean the israelis killed uh, nasrallah's masawi Right, who's Nasrallah's <laughs> predecessor? Mm -hmm. So he was—he he, was—I wouldn't call him moderate, but he—he he wasn't a Nasrallah. He wasn't—he right. wasn't as—you know—he wasn't quite as wacko in that in yeah. the sense of 
but he wasn't nearly, didn't have the stature. The Israelis, uh, well, they, let me just say this, they, they don't admit to this, but um, he was killed by a missile fired from an Apache helicopter, mm. you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, and then Nasrallah came in, and, and that was far, far worse. So whacking people is very satisfying, mm-hmm. but you've got to, yeah. You've got to look at the second yeah. or third. Like, and and you've got to try and mitigate that with again, it's like a you know, last thing on this, Nasrallah um recently oh, damn, I wish I could remember the story, but he did something. Oh, I know. He fired on Israeli soldiers, right? And it was not in the Shabar farms. This was before Gaza. He sent a message, all right, and I've got no reason to disbelieve this roundabout that came to the IDF saying, Hey, we did this because of that, all right? So this was our response to you. Mm. There's no need for you now to... You right. broke the rules first, right? right. And, and so there's always this weird, you know, kind of game going on. Right, um, right. Yeah, I think like Jack just kind of said, basically, what I, it's not going to work. The one-off is not going to work. If you're not before you pickle that uh, hellfire off, if you don't know who's behind that person that you're targeting and what that person is all about, if, is it somebody that we can approach beforehand before we take out his um, boss or her boss? Um, then it's just a it's just a feel good thing. It's look what we did, you know, on the news, and you know, so politically people can say to their you know their supporters, "See, I took this guy out, I took this girl out, whoever it was." But if there's nothing strategic behind it, no long-term plan, it's just gratification. We know? lost more guys to Al-Qaeda after Zakawi was killed yeah. Than, yeah. than before. And then, and then my other question for you two is, well, you know, in terms of like this new sort of asymmetrical warfare model, like <clears throat> it's one thing to combat Russians and Russian intelligence because they're Caucasian, because they're white, mm-hmm. right? How does the U.S. combat the Chinese? How do they combat Iranians? you know, Hezbollah, you know, Arabs, things like this, uh, when the easiest, like, leverage that, that, that we've seen, like, the Chinese use and, and whatnot mm. is the xenophobic, mm. the racist rhetoric mm. that you're only targeting people because, you know, because they're Asian, because yeah. they're Chinese. So, like, how, how, do the, how does the government combat that against, against very effective propaganda campaigns? Mm. That's a really, that's another really good question, Dave. I'm not just saying that because I'm not sure, and you guys know better than me, so you tell me. Within the intelligence agencies, you know, obviously we've got really talented guys. I'm not sure, though, we have a pool of guys who really understand the adversary. You know, we, we have guys who, for instance, I've heard all kinds of experts talk about Hezbollah here in the States. I've learned a ton. But what, I, but what it doesn't teach you is what a hold that organization has. Mm. I mean, it's almost something you uh, on on the population of Lebanon. Why and and what a hold and and the fact that you cannot separate Lebanon. I mean, from Hezbollah, you just can't unless something uh, that that was never fully explained. You know, um, in in all the talks, right? Or um, Palestinian or Hamas. Um, what? You know what motivates them? What are they going to do next? Why? Um, 
their rhetoric has always been, we're going to destroy Israel. Mm -hmm. Now, they toned that down a little bit, but no one said, hey, we're not going to destroy Israel. Right, right. Um, so it, you know, they never recanted that. Yeah. They just yeah. might say it, not say it as vocally now yeah. for the PR. You They're know. whispering it. Yeah. I think uh, as far as funny? the xenophobia and all that stuff is, and the racism and all that stuff is concerned, first and foremost, if the target, if the mission is a Chinese national or a known Chinese MSS or intelligence person or an uh, African-American Navy, uh, you know, um, guy or gal who's selling secrets, that's a target. That's a fucking target, plain and simple. So we need to get above the noise of racism and all that other stuff and go after the target. But I think on the other end of that, once we have a prosecution, because especially if it's here in the U.S. and it's against a U.S. citizen, FBI is going to be involved. It's not just us. You know right, that as well right, as I do. Yeah. So once a prosecution is made, show the evidence. This is why we went after this person. So that all that noise, external noise, um, that is being generated by you know the uh, by the adversary and stirred up here in the U.S. and getting mouthpieces to to um, up the volume. Once all that's over with and a prosecution is made, lay out the evidence, not within reason, right? You know, without you know giving away TTPs, things like that, and say this is why we went after that person. You know, and and it just needs to continue. You can't stop yeah. because someone says it's just like with um, back in the '80s and '90s, the racial profiling thing with police. Um, was it a real thing or is it a real thing? Yes, it is. Uh -huh. But people still need to be protected. People, car stops are still going to happen. Raids are still going to happen on homes where, where, wherever where drugs are, where there's solid intel that those things are there. You have to do those things. You just have to do it within the law and reasonably show the evidence of why you did it at right. the end of it. So I think that's what it is. I, I, just, I feel as though like presidents now are... Like it's very, it's very difficult for them to enact measures. Like we saw Trump with his like anti-Chinese espionage. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the name of the act, but it was labeled as xenophobic. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that and then Biden like you know canceled it, mm -hmm. but then I think restarted it under a different name because it's an effective program. It's a needed yeah, program. Yeah. But I think the challenge is, is that you know, like the Chinese in particular are, are exceptional mm -hmm. at propaganda. Mm -hmm. And they're they're exceptional at you know knowing the the places to poke uh, and and how to message mm -hmm. and so I feel as though presidents now and it doesn't matter if it's Trump or Biden or whomever yeah. comes next in the you know in the next twenty or thirty years that any time they try to start in you know sort of a ter uh, anti terrorism thing. Um, because, you know, Iranian messaging or Hezbollah messaging, even in Iraq and Afghanistan, like the messaging was very good coming from the bad guys that, oh, the Americans are using human shields. Mm. Oh, they're doing this. Oh, they're mm. doing that. Um, you know, that it, and and those things, when they get caught up in the, in the mm. news cycle, like it's very hard for any administration now to start an, an anti, like, anti-terrorism or anti-espionage thing that targets a non-Caucasian, like the Russians. The mm. Russians are easy to target right now, right? Like, yeah. But well, it's it, a limitation of living in a democracy. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. But, but uh, I, I see no reason why why the FBI shouldn't have, you know, recruit Chinese Americans yeah, for sure. um, who understand the culture, mm -hmm. speak language, 
Um, I absolutely agree and, with you. And I think that would be a strength because mm -hmm. they, they really do understand uh, quite a bit. There's so much there's so much that we lose when we try and understand you know, another yeah. culture. You mm -hmm. just can't. You, yeah. you can't unless yeah. you, you can get someone who's grown up on that. I, I think the challenge of like the FBI, I mean, I think all intelligence services should look at recruiting, you know, more, you know, more immigrants and more. Mm -hmm. I think one of the challenges with, in particular, with the CIA or with the Chinese is their reach, their intelligence service mm -hmm. is so strong and so effective that if, if a Chinese American has any family in China, that's leverage for the Chinese mm -hmm. intelligence. Yeah. And they're willing to tap and take steps that we're not. Yeah. Exactly. We're, they're we're they're willing to say, yeah. hey, I talked to your grandmother yeah. last week. Yeah. Here's a photo of us together. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do uh, we have any final questions for uh, these guys? Let's see here. Um, the ASGs were into Levi's and GNR. Influencing jihadis with Western pop culture needs a rethink. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. What? Abu Sayyaf group. Oh, right. And GNR, Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses, yeah. yeah. Um, re, uh, refer above Mohammed Savani. Refer above. I'm not sure. Do you think that, believe there is an impact of inflation on global political instability? Wow. I hope that question wasn't me, for me, because I'm the last person. I can't even balance my Milburn, turn yeah. the lights off. Sorry. <laughs> You know what? He didn't. He go, didn't go into the bathroom and use the light in the it's bathroom. It's on the wall. God, okay. Inside. Right. Oh, you know what? You know what? Inside the bathroom. We need to hire a former first sergeant to follow him around. I know. I know. And do this kind of thing for him. <laughs> it's like the, It's like you're in the club and they turn the lights on, kicking you the fuck. Last out. call. Yeah. And then you see what the girl looked at. Oh, I, hey. actually, you just need a Lance. You just need a Lance Cooley. He's not even drinking. You just need a Lance Cooley to follow yeah. around, like. <laughs> Where the hell's my radio operator? There's a switch in that. There you go. <laughs> the yeah, I mean, if you guys are asking me to describe like or explain quantitative easing and global inflation, I might be a little out of my wheelhouse. Yeah, I, mm -mm, I will bankrupt this country in a heartbeat. Um, Turk February, thank you very much. What do you guys think happened to Gareth Williams? Who's that? I don't know. I was going to ask too. Who's that? I, I don't know. I'll look it up. Oh, we have. Wow, we have quite a few questions. I'll look up Gareth Williams so you guys are going to see the next question. M. Corbin, thank you very much. Any thoughts on Iran's embassy reopening in Saudi Arabia? Ooh, I was going to ask about that um, if Andy had me. I just saw that uh, something, if I'm reading it correctly, that Iran is um, really cozying up to Saudi Arabia, especially talking about Yemen. As far as Yemen is concerned, I saw something about it, but I, I honestly don't know the larger like yeah, politics that went into I don't that. Either. Um, Andy, a uh, question: What do you make of the Iranians reopening their embassy in Saudi Arabia? Well, I think that I. I, I first. Oh, sorry, Dad. I'm holding it. Okay, I. So I, I, I think that that is simply putting one, it, it, putting one adversary on the bench. You know, I mean, neither the Saudis nor the Iranians' heart can really be in this. Because right. The depth of the, of the, the feeling. The Sunnis Shia split but it, is, they're pragmatists. Is real. Mm, yeah. And it's yeah. like, okay, I'm going to take, I, I want to neutralize this potential enemy. I think the United States is going to sideline itself by its dithering. I'm, I'm just yeah, yeah. from their point of view. 
just get the Saudis out of the way um, as an as an enemy, mm. and at the same time, make drive a wedge between the Saudis and the Israelis. You know, with the, so, but I don't think Iran cares now. I mean, I I think that both Saudi Arabia and, and Iran are kind of okay. Um, I really hate this guy, but right now, I mean, I, this is this is the pragmatic way to go, and it's certainly for the Saudis. Everyone wants to make money, and the Iranians want to continue their campaign without having to worry about the Saudis. Um, I mean, I, so I think it's superficial. It's window dressing. Yeah. It's, it, it seems to me, I, I, in, I, I mean, I don't know, obviously, what's going on in any Saudi minds, but obviously... Israel, like, it, just from a purely religious perspective, right? Israel is obviously kind of an issue, you know, from a religious perspective, you know. But Israel is also not, they've never shown any interest in any type of expansion or world dominance. Whereas you look at Iran, you look at, you know, the Shia versus Sunni split. Iran is not afraid of expansion. They're not afraid of, you know, funding Shia militias and, and you know, funding these ideas. I mean, if I were in Saudi, like, Iran would always be the more sort of future, not necessarily there's, an immediate There's no doubt in my mind, Dave, that that's what they're both saying. Yeah. It's like the Kurds and the... You know, it's like the Kurds and the Iraqis. Yeah. Okay, we're going to shelve these differences and yeah. fight the Islamic State. Yeah. yeah. But as soon as it's over, yeah. we're yeah. Just back on. Yeah. So Gareth Williams was a wealth ma- Welsh mathematician, junior analyst for uh, GCHQ, second of the uh, Secret Intelligence Service, MI6, found dead in suspicious circumstances at a, a security service safe house flat in Pimlico, uh, London. Yeah. In 2010, the inquest found his death was unnatural and likely to be criminally uh, mediated, uh, and they believed that it was potentially uh, traced to Moscow-based mafia cells. Hmm. Well, you just answered the question for us. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm not yeah. familiar with it. The answer is m- Moscow-backed mafia cells. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. I didn't realize that. Ike Matthews, thank you much. How would the Rangers react to a war with China? I actually know exactly the scenarios <laughs> that they're training for. And oh, I'm, I don't want to... So, like, some of the stuff in uh, Ukraine has changed, I think, or influenced how we look at some of that. Um, they're looking at... So, like, our special ops guys, in a war with China particularly, special ops is, like, a supporting role. Like, the main effort is, like, carriers, fighters, Mm -hmm. strike groups, bombers, all the cruise missiles, that kind of stuff. Uh, Rangers would potentially be looking at things like securing high-end sites, Mm -hmm. like nuclear stuff. Gotcha. Not that, um, like, stuff that happened in Ukraine where Chernobyl was taken over for a little while. It's not that, like... There's a concern that, like, the Chinese are going to sabotage their own infrastructure. Mm. It's more like, what if they lose control of this? Um, The same sort of, we looked at those scenarios with Pakistan Mm. also during the war Mm -hmm. on terror. Like, what if this government destabilizes? What do we do? Um, So some of those scenarios are being looked at. But also, I mean, 
Rangers specifically are a raid force, and I can, with them, but also other branches of service, naval special warfare looking for jobs, there's the thought that what if there are targets, you know, pretty deep behind enemy lines that we cannot reach with fighters, bombers, cruise missiles. Gotcha. You might have to have people inserted and do like, at this point, long range patrolling, yeah, like 30 mile road march yeah. to a target and hit it. Um, so those are like scenarios that are being looked at, but all of it would be in support of, you know, the, the main effort, which is the conventional military. Gotcha. It would, would be the opposite of the war on terror. Mm -hmm. That's the, uh, yeah, that's the disconcerting thing about war with China is that, you know, the, all, all of us crunchies, uh, on it, we, we're only useful if we are involved in the kill chain, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if we add, if we add value to the right. kill chain mm -hmm. and we can sense out beyond, you know, the current platforms and systems, mm -hmm. and we placed our guys there that they can do that, and we can bring in long-range precision mm -hmm. fires. I, I think one of the problems comes when special operations starts looking for work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> that's yeah. outside. That would their that would never aspect. happen. Like we look at mm -hmm. like we look at like Red Wings or something. Like, like when mm -hmm. they start yeah. looking for work and actively campaigning for things that that may not be. A natural, you know, like naturally suited for them, yeah. or 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 even necessary, it, or even necessary mm -hmm. right? Um, mm -hmm. Because they want, you know. Again, it's it's a matter of people want to be involved. It's a matter of funding. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to be sidelined or irrelevant. Um, and yet, special operations are the perfect tool to use in in operations or activities short of armed conflict against right. a country like Iran, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's your main tool. Yes, you have all these other high-end weapons you can use as a deterrent. You know, I'll give you an example. I mean, how do you, how do you deter Iran? Well, combination of things, but you try and go after, you try and undermine the administration, you try and, you try and cause economic harm, right? Right. Aside from sanctions, what, is, what does Iran have? And well, it's got gas oil rigs. It's got, you know, they, there are things that, special operations potentially could do. In fact, we've done it before, mm. 1988. Right. That, that would really hurt. Yeah. I, I may have misspoke. It's not Red Wings I'm thinking of, is it? What, what the You're thinking about the Marcus Luttrell thing where an SDV team was used yeah. for a recon? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, you guys have to forgive my memory. Sh shit. Right. Um, Turk February, thank you very much. Uh, okay, that was the Gareth Williams. Uh Dana Daoud, thank you very much. Great job. Keep it up. Thanks, Dana. We really appreciate it. Dana or Dana, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. And then, wow, we've got quite a few questions. Um, Andrew Dunbar. Hey, Andrew. I've seen multiple people on this show say that the country doesn't run a counterpart to the old Soviet Sparrow program. How can we fix this? <laughs> Is the Sparrow program the assassination program or the honeypot program? I think the Sparrows were... In, in Russia, it might have been a honeypot honey, program, but honey sparrows in, in the Philippines, in the were, Philippines were assassination. Yeah. That's yeah. what got Mike Rowe. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I didn't know that's yeah. how they got him. I thought they got him on the way to work. But it was. But it was the assassination, assassination team on the motorcycle. Oh, okay. I thought I, I, yeah. was, you thinking, I was thinking honeypot, honeypot assassination. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. so, so, yeah, when he says Like in the movie Munich. Yeah. That's Soviet Sparrow. Is that the honeypot? Okay. We're never going to do that. No. We're it no. just doesn't work more times than not. Everyone always tells me, like, we just don't do blackmail because no. you create a hostile yep. agent. Yeah. And it backfires. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. You know? Um. And then Frank Nixon, uh, thank you very much. Random question. Does anyone on the podcast have any experience working with training the Norwegian SOF, MJK Navy, or FSK Army? I never worked with them, but I've, I've spoken to people who, I mean, shit, there's a guy, a journalist that wrote a whole book, a couple books about them that I have over here. Um, he was a good guy when he passed away few years back mm. but um yeah supposedly they're like very professional really have their yeah. shit together and they, they recently um oh i i, I hope and i hope i'm not confusing them with sweden but i think mjk and fsk may have merged into one organization okay. i could be mistaken um i might be mixing that up with another scandinavian country but yeah they're supposed to be very good yeah i i have a, a good friend who I think in Afghanistan was attached to Norwegian soft and loved it. Like mm. thought the guys were top notch. Awesome. I have um, a question for yeah. Jack. Jack, what do you think about the new New York Times article a couple of days ago about uh, CIA involvement in Ukraine and helping them? I don't know. I didn't read it. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about like first reported by New York Times? Those chodes. It was brave and impressive. Courageous. What, what, what is that? They, they came get, out with some get, article. They should get an award for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what was The New the York question? Times came out with an article a couple of days ago, maybe Sunday. No, or sat, whatever, a couple of days ago, uh, talking about CIA helping the Ukrainians ever since 2014 with Crazy. intelligence. And, and inside of the article that triggered me a little bit was saying it was first reported by the New York Times. Dude, it's, that, that's just how they, that's their modus operandi. David Cohen game the okay? Like, uh, hey, can well, print that, this. Well, that, that, and also, I mean, they just hate being scooped and they will never acknowledge anyone else who, you know, any colleagues or any other reporters that may have, like, broken a story, they will never acknowledge it. <laughs> and that's just how it is with them. <laughs> that's all right. They've, they've legendized the team house <laughs> dude i mean look you I, at this point i don't think you could pay me enough money to work there anyway i mean they're having scandals like every yeah. other week it's like, uh, it's like seventh group whoa <laughs> off the top ropes <laughs> no shit that was like he had a the ultimate warrior yeah 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 the <laughs> people's dillinger. elbow he pulls out yeah. the ankle dillinger <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> 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 Um, cool, man. Uh, but I mean, no, it's fun talking to you guys and kind of awesome. getting like updated on everything you're working on. Um, any like final thoughts before we wrap up? And uh, if you want to tell us anything about the future of Eyes On and where you guys want to take it, I think uh, having the guests on really helps a lot as far as fleshing out our limited expert opinions. Um, and so I think we're going to do a lot more of that. Um, I personally would like to get out like Andy has and try to travel some places okay. and get, you know, some more uh, insight into things and uh, bring that kind of stuff back. So, yeah, that's what do I'm you, looking for. Do you guys ever see, you know, I know you took that trip to Israel. Do you, do you guys ever foresee yourself, like, taking trips together and doing, like, on-location reports that's about an awesome, That's it a is, great I idea. Like Shot show. Just oh, yeah. kidding. You sure? Yeah. You remember back back in the day, I used to make those trips. Yes, and come you back did. sunburned. Yes, you did. Yes. I'll be careful what you wish for. Uh, the budget is not massive. <laughs> He's pulling out his wallet right now. Yeah, it's not. I mean, massive. if we stay in Airbnbs and travel economy, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah every, we can talk. We can talk about it. Yeah, every day <laughs> a different part of the world. Say that and it never happened. 
Yeah, yeah, we can talk about it. No, I think that's Dave. Say to my girlfriend, Dave. That's that's actually really. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. I mean, it was just coincidence. I mean, I went to Israel for the for the book, initial research of the book. But yeah, it it certainly it certainly helps. I mean, you you find things out that you don't. No, no amount of reading here could have told me what I learned. Sure, sure. If if you guys uh, at any point want to have an expert on eyes on. And you think I might know somebody? Jack's willing to do it. Mm. No, no, I will put you in. I will put you in. I will put you in touch with the guy who can talk to you about, you know, soft signals or soft logistics or, you know, whatever, whatever the CBRN or whatever the hell it is. I'll put you in touch with the guys. And for everybody listening and watching, you don't even have to subscribe to something new. It's on the Team House channel, so make sure you like and subscribe the Team out to the Team House. Check out the Patreon. You'll get, you'll catch eyes on, you'll catch the regularly, you know, scheduled programming of the team house. You don't have to do anything else. We've made it as easy as possible. We're making it easy. And yeah. we'll even bring Percy back. Yeah. Yeah. Percy's a good boy. Asleep. That was our signal that we've gone over. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The world's our oyster, Jack, to answer your question. Yep. These, these wallet is our oyster. <laughs> <laughs> good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Like and it's like trying to open one too, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, yo, what is the giraffe about? Uh, I, I mean, that was uh, that was uh, Patton's show, right? JT Patton. Yeah. So watch JT Patton's show if you want to know what the giraffe is all about. It became it became a uh, yeah became a yeah. And know, if you have any uh, part of you our know, history, you know anybody. We're in the market for a baby giraffe, so yeah, we'd like to have a baby giraffe here where the dog is. Yes, just sitting here with us Perfect. while we're while we're drinking cognac. But it has to stay a baby, yeah. so yeah. we're looking yeah. for a miniature a ge- giraffe. Yeah. Genetically me and, modified. Me and Dave yeah. are going to get a bunch of like gold necklaces and rings. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. This is why I like this show. Velvet tracks. A lot of yeah. <laughs> Thinking mind. Gold AK. <laughs> and me. Don't forget me. <laughs> uh, so, guys, join us on Friday. We will be here with uh, Phil Campion, uh, who served in the SAS. Um, Good man. Yeah, 5 p.m. Uh, because of the time zone difference. And uh, Phil, I mean, we'll get into it with Phil, but Phil was on that uh, Sierra Leone operation yeah. they did. I think it was in 1999. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll get into all of that stuff with him. Phil's awesome. Good yeah. Man. Yeah, I, I you know I met Phil in person in Erbil. Oh, really? We were both coming out of Syria, and I met him in Erbil, and, awesome. and we went into a uh, like uh, it's like a beer garden. Yeah. Actually, he was still still active duty. No, no, he no. was he's out long. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. out by then. He was doing a he's doing a special for Channel Four. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. These gigs are great, aren't they? Wouldn't you love to do one of those? <laughs> you can ask Phil. It's a lot of all the all those uh, yeah, all the guys who come out of two two SAS seem to be running. Some kind of show like that. Yeah. Who dares wins? Oh well. The, well, the funny thing was they were sending him back into Syria because they wanted a good punch up for the show. Mm. They needed him to go like get close to yeah, a yeah, firefight. Yeah. yeah. I was like, <laughs> okay, Phil. That's the sort of guidance that you don't really need. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That's also like yeah. most networks like that's huge lawsuits. That. Yeah. Huge lawsuits. Oh yeah. 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 You would never see that from an no. American news organization. No. Uh, like, there's even like huge issues with taking freelance photography. It's yeah, it's nuts. Wow. Um. Anyway. So that's Friday. 
Anything else before we roll out of here, guys? No, just thank you guys. And yeah, uh, what a thanks to yeah, thanks the we're, we're, we're super happy to have Hosted, you guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and you will be on Eyes On too. I, I don't brain. know shit about well, shit though. That's the problem. We'll make something up because you're yeah. talking <laughs> about Dave Park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if awesome. you go shit or say no, I'll be. I, I have no we'll idea. ask why why a former Marine would want to affiliate himself with Rangers. <laughs> true. <and> any commercial <laughs> here. From. Isn't isn't that a, like illegal? Isn't yeah, that, I was yeah, gonna right. say some laws being broken. Yeah. I think I think the more illegal part of it was going from marine to navy. Um, like, had I not been a corpsman, I think I would have been. I, I would have had to have like given up the the globe and anchor. Uh, <laughs> the Eagle globe and anchor. <laughs> you like, turn permanently. it in painful. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank so you. we will see you Friday. Thank you, Jason, Andy. Yeah, D. Pleasure. Um, and we'll Super. see you next time. Fine. Bye, everyone.